do not take product if you are hypersensitive. internet and welcome back to the intoxicated podcast i'm your host sarah mcclellan and intoxicated is a weekly comedy variety talk show where i get personal with comedians creators and characters and guys it's episode two fucking hundred baby i made it we're here it's episode 200 i truly can't believe it This is a milestone moment for Intoxicated because 200 is just a massive number. I keep calling it a milestone, but this week's guest actually said in the episode that it's also a launching point. Um, And so I actually really like that. This podcast has grown so much over the almost four years that I've done it. And we are on the tails of the four-year anniversary of Intoxicated Podcast. The two milestones are very close together. So it is just going to be a couple weeks of pure celebration here on Intoxicated. And I'm going to kick off this 200th episode with some announcements. So number one, um, obviously, with COVID and restrictions and certain bars not being open, I couldn't do a live show this time, which is heartbreaking. But but you guys, but uh, I am going to do something for the four year anniversary. I'm going to be doing an intoxicated live stream to celebrate four years of podcasting on Saturday, February 27th at 8pm. And you know what, you guys, It's just going to be a fun time with some comedians. I'm going to invite some favorites over. We're going to drink. We're going to celebrate. We're going to play some drinking games and just shoot the shit and talk with you guys. It's going to be a fun fucking time. So it's not obviously what I wanted for the big celebration, but it's something. I'm going to make it work because I am incredibly proud of where this podcast has come. It started off with a very panicked girl sitting at a kitchen table with a snowball mic and an editing software that I knew nothing about. It was a podcast about my friends. It has since grown into a comedy podcast. It's the reason I have so many friends that I have now. It's the reason I got into stand-up. I mean, I could go on and on and on about what this podcast means to me, and it still wouldn't be enough words to say how proud I am of this show. And honestly, the biggest thank you ever to you guys, the listeners, for supporting this show. Whether you're a new listener, whether you've been with me since day one, like, it, it doesn't even matter. Like, just even the fact that you're listening to this right now, thank you so much. I truly would not have kept up with the podcast as long as I have if it wasn't for the support of listeners and all the amazing guests that I've had on over the years. So I'm going to just get that sappy stuff right out of the way and say the biggest thank you ever. It has been a whirlwind adventure to get to 200 episodes and four years of podcasting, but I've learned a lot. And that's something that I might be posting more about uh, in the coming weeks. I might do some sort of like what I've learned uh, in four years of podcasting type of video for YouTube, just for those people who are interested in starting podcasts and might want to know what I've learned from it. One of the most fulfilling things about doing this podcast is actually helping other people launch their podcasts. 
So I'm grateful for the experiences that I've had because there's been a lot of experiences and I have a lot of content to look back on. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really, really proud of everything. And just the biggest thank you ever to all of you for listening. So again, for your anniversary live stream, Saturday, February 27th on the Intoxicated YouTube channel at 8 p.m. Tune in. And I have another announcement to make, and this is a hard one for me to make, and I'm going to try my best not to get emotional about it. But uh, I have been thinking a lot about the future of the podcast. And don't worry, it's not ending. That's not where I'm going with this. I'm not quitting the podcast. The podcast is not going anywhere. But I have been sort of on the brink of burnout for quite some time now. It's been on and off throughout the four years, to be honest. But particularly in the last three months or so, I've been experiencing a lot of burnout. And this is just due to a lot of things in my life changing and my life filling up with a lot of things. And I am getting to the point where I love this podcast so much and I want it to be the best show that it can be. But I'm getting to the point where I need a little help with that. If I'm just completely honest with you guys, I'm really tired. I haven't slept in four years, you know, like I truly haven't taken any major breaks from the podcast other than a few weeks here and there. I think in the first year of podcasting, I missed like maybe three weeks. And in 2020, I believe I only missed two weeks. So my track record is pretty damn awesome. And I'm damn proud of that. But it is time for me to take a little bit of a break. And I don't know how long that will be. It might be three weeks, it might be a month, but my plan is to essentially get some help with this podcast, to recruit some people who can help me out with it so it takes the load off of me and I can actually really put in quality time to this show rather than being rushed and overwhelmed and tired. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't ever want to resent this podcast, but with everything going on in my life, starting a new career starting stand-up and having my nights be less free than they normally are. It's just been a real struggle for me, and it's taken a big toll on my health. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating well. I'm not exercising. It's just, um, it's kind of pushed me to a breaking point, and um, it's not a final breaking point, though. I, I just, I have to say that it is just going to be a little bit of a hiatus to regroup reorganize. I'm going to line up a fuck ton of guests and I'm going to schedule them in advance and have a plan in place essentially each month. So the break is for the best. Uh, It's to make the show even better. And I truly hope that you guys will stick around and stay subscribed and and, uh, see what I have in store coming up. I have a lot of plans for this podcast. And I mean, like I said, part of that is going to be recruiting people to help me out with it. So if you are listening to this and you are somebody who might want to get involved with Intoxicated, send me a message, introduce yourself, let me know who you are and what your experience is. I'm going to need help with everything. I'm going to need help with promotion, creating content. Uh, I would love to get a couple like assistant producers that can be here with me while I'm recording who can get familiar with the tech setup and just help me out on that end so that I can focus on hosting. I'm essentially assembling a dream team for Intoxicate to grow it because I am so proud of this podcast, but I do think it needs to be bigger than what it is. And I think I could make it even better and grow it even more. Every CEO of a company at some point needs to say, you know, I can't do it all myself. I need to get a team to help me. And that is essentially what is happening now. So I will be breaking from episodes for a while. 
And it is going to be really hard for me because I'm used to grinding. I'm used to doing this every single week. I've been doing it for four years. It is literally muscle memory at this point. But I'm going to try to take like a solid week off for just some R&R, some relaxation, some self-care. And then I'm just going to get right back into planning. And I'm going to come back refreshed. And the podcast is going to be even fucking better. So that's the other announcement I have to make. So I really hope that you guys understand and that you will stick around because it's going to be worth it. But you guys, this is episode 200. I had a lot of different ideas of things I want to do for episode 200. What it came down to was time and energy and what I could pull together in an easy way. I decided that I would do an episode with one of my favorite people ever. So this week's episode is with Halifax entrepreneur and matchmaker Geneva Dickey of JE Matchmaking, one of my really good friends that I've made in the last couple years. She is someone who inspires me so much as a businesswoman and as a creator herself. She hosts an amazing podcast called the Book of Love podcast. You need to check it out because it is just top notch, top quality podcast all about relationships and dating. It is just so well done. And so Geneva's been on once before as a solo guest. She did one of my marathons as well. But this episode is a bit different. I do try to dive into more about who she is, you know, her personal life, her past. We got really personal with Geneva. You know, she has a wealth of knowledge about relationships and dating. And of course, some of that did trickle in on this episode. Episode, but the whole point of this was to sort of bond with her and get to know her a lot better because she is an amazing person and so good at what she does. I mean, she has grown this matchmaking business so much in the last year. Like it is just skyrocketed. It's wildly successful. And she's a true friggin' inspiration for me. So we roganed it. We had a long form conversation and it was amazing. So I really do hope you guys enjoy this episode. I sure did. I thought it was a very positive, appropriate episode for episode 200 and a great way to celebrate being a self-starter, being a woman that goes for what you want and gets it fucking done, you guys. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And of course, follow the podcast on social media. Instagram is sort of the main bitch at this point, and that is Intoxicated Podcast on Instagram. There is an Intoxicated Patreon that I actually might keep updating during the break. If I am going crazy and needing to do something, I might just post some audio diaries up on there. And that is patreon.com backslash intoxicated. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel as well. And honestly, the best thing you can do for me and the best way that you can support me, especially at this point, at 200 episodes is if you tell a friend and spread the word yourself about the podcast. You can also do this through an iTunes rating or review that greatly helps with the podcast with visibility and charting. And that's something all podcasters strive for. So if you want to wish me congratulations and and tell me how good I've done on 200 episodes, do that in an iTunes review. How nice would that be? But honestly, guys, just spread the word any way you can. I would greatly appreciate it. I love this thing so much and I do really want it to grow. Okay, that was a big intro. I had a lot to say. And this is an amazing episode. So I'm going to get right to it, you guys. Happy 200 episodes. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Geneva Dickey of JE Matchmaking. Do you find like you have curly hair that you're like always concerned about like how it looks? Like whereas with straight, like you can just kind of let it. No, straight. I'm concerned of what it looks like. Curly oh, hair. Way. Curly hair. I don't care. Curly hair. Don't care. Curly hair. Don't care. Curly hair. Don't care. No. Um, curly hair is like the dream. 
I think yeah. for so many women. Oh, if I could have a white girl fro and like people would get out of the way of my hair every whenever <laughs> I walk into the room, like I would love it to be ginormous. That'd be amazing. I really would. Big, the the bigger the hair, the closer to God. Yeah, that's it. And also, did you know that um, if your hips get bigger, your hair needs to get bigger too? Um, to even it out. That's a Texas woman oh, hint for you. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were to get preggers, yeah, you gotta puff and tease that hair up. Ask Dolly. I do Dolly like. Knows. I do like a. I do like some tease. Mm-hmm. My hair can hold tease really good too. I used to do it all the time, and now hair is like the last thing on my list. Usually, when I'm getting ready, it's always like makeup outfit and then i'm like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) have you adopted the dry shampoo yet oh yes yeah i live like yeah there's no way i could live without dry shampoo i know like my weeks are so fucking busy that like sometimes i literally do forget to shower i i body shower (laughs) a lot i body shower quite a bit yeah i like the like tie your hair up and just wash the bod yeah um and i like baths too are you a bath person no i am but i haven't had a bath in one of my apartments ever well Why when not? i lived in calgary I, I was a little bit bougier because i made a lot more money so i would and plus i would spend a lot more money so i had like the houses and the apartments that were really gorgeous and since i've been in halifax i haven't had a single apartment that has had a bath that is heartbreaking but that i do rent hotel rooms for just for the bath you know what i'm doing for my 34th birthday what are you doing well i i was torn between two options mm-hmm. uh go out to um oceanstone resort out by peggy's cove oh, and, nice. do, and run to room and do mushrooms uh <laughs> legit legit <laughs> that's a good idea <laughs> or um and this wouldn't this would actually mean that i could see more people uh rent a hotel room downtown on the friday night which is my birthday mm-hmm. do a little birthday din din mm-hmm. and some birthday drinks mm-hmm. with friends and then my plan is to arrange my hookup buddy to come over after everyone leaves. Oh, <laughs> uh, have it all scheduled. Yeah, you're literally scheduling a party and then a booty. And I've already told like, like you're such a party planner. That's literally party planning. I've told people I'm like, you guys can come over and hang out in the hotel room, but at a certain point you gotta leave so girl can get get it on. Because <laughs> I I don't think I've had birthday sex in a long time. Oh, I'd like to do that. Yeah, do it. Yeah, with my luck, he's probably fucking working. No, no, not if you schedule it. You're a, par- a party planner. Like, give him lots of time. He can book that <laughs> night off. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't know if you'd well, I mean, firefighter. Might be tough. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Apparently, that's yeah. <laughs> apparently that's a big deal. Apparently that's kind that's of like important. drawn in stone. Right. Firefighter, paramedic, their schedule's made. Yes. Yeah. 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 I have a new friend, actually, who's a paramedic. And she, she's thankfully casual right now, so she's free a lot of the time. But yeah, her, her schedule seems bonkers oh really bonkers yeah i kind of like the schedule like um i remember when i was out in calgary it was like you know seven days on three days off and it was kind of cool like because when your days off were off you were off and that's there's something to that because it's like yeah we, we usually work five days a week why not power on through for two more yeah and get a whole week off after that i'd yeah. fucking do that oh yeah absolutely and also like you actually have a day off because everybody else when they're working nine to five the weekends everybody wants to party everybody wants to do stuff but like when you have that one day in like that shift work type of thing it's a day off it's a day off mm. by the way you smell amazing thank you it's izzy miyaki i wear perfume everywhere i go 
I gotta start doing that. Mm. I have not worn perfume in so long. I need to find the Rihanna perfume. It's on TikTok. Apparently, she smells amazing. I don't know why or Wait, how. Is it is it her perfume or is it the perfume that she wears? It's the perfume that she wears. What's it called? I don't know, but it's like three hundred dollars for the bottle. But you can get little samples for like sixty bucks. Oh shit! I need, I'm gonna find it. I haven't just like I haven't done it yet, but that's my like I want to smell really nice everywhere I go. So I follow this YouTuber beauty guru Kathleen Lights, mm. and she's also obsessed with fragrance. Mm. And she recently did a long youtube video that was like your perfumes for your zodiac sign <laughs> and she mentioned that one she oh, mentioned she? the one that rihanna wears i forget the name of it though i know i have the tiktok save somewhere because i really really want it damn um do you have a signature scent um like for me sweet sweet like, like is it, do you have a specific sweet. perfume that's like your yes. scent it's izzy miyaki so how I actually found that perfume is I had a crush on this boy in grade 10. He was from Turkey. So he was like new to town. He was from Turkey and I had a crush on him. We used to make eyes at each other in biology. And then he finally asked me out and he smelled amazing. Like when you grow up in Truro, no, <laughs> men do not smell amazing, right? Smell like like horse manure. Yeah. <laughs> But my dad always smelled really nice. My dad mm. was a really clean, good-smelling cologne-wearing dude. Amazing. And so to have that guy in my classroom, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, where'd you get this from? Anyhow, apparently he was wearing the male version of Izzy Miyake. So Miyake. ever since grade seven, I've been wearing Izzy Miyake. It's, it, it's, um, and the reason I like it is it smells fresh. I like yeah. fresh scents. Yeah. Uh, there's one perfume. Maybe I'll treat myself and get it for my birthday this year um the Giorgio Armani um aqua a quick uh oh man I'm gonna have to look it up spell I know what it looks like it's the like aqua bottle yeah um but yeah yeah if you know what it is (laughs) but yeah it's it's so nice yeah that's one thing I feel like that's such a woman thing to like just get a bottle of perfume that's like your perfume yeah and you drop that like whatever it is 150 bucks on it yeah and it's yours the key though is that you have to not smell the perfume unless you're hugging somebody or like technically people shouldn't smell you Mm -hmm. unless you're hugging them or like really close or really close yeah exactly like i didn't smell you until i got here exactly so i like i want like i don't want somebody who has an allergy to be like whoo like you are strong you know what i mean yeah i want people to be like oh that just smells like geneva that just yeah exactly i mm-hmm. love this yeah. this is the best cold open ever um <laughs> <laughs> really for some i know i, I know. love this yeah. no i'm i'm we're gonna open up this episode okay. before i forget to do it because that's happened yeah where i've gotten talking and just been like oh yeah i have to introduce my guest <laughs> this is very special you guys i'm honored to be here on episode 200 i'm honored to be on episode 200 200 episodes mm. and this was hard for me because this time of year is rough because i have episode 200 i have also four year anniversary i also have my birthday so it's like all these things that like i want to celebrate and then figuring out how to do that in a manageable way mm-hmm. and for me personally i can't do a live event right now really there's not really a venue that's appropriate for me to do a big live show um so i just kind of thought well this this podcast like is so close to my heart and like what better way to just do a regular episode old-fashioned podcast with like one of my favorite people and there's a lot of people i could have picked (laughs) lots of comics that have been on probably many times Mm -hmm. you've been on twice Mm -hmm. 
So I'm here with someone I look up to so much, entrepreneur, matchmaker, badass, nail podcaster, TikToker. What else is there? I don't know. <laughs> You're a girlfriend now. I'm a girlfriend now. Geneva Dickey. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Like, you give the best intros. <laughs> and you know how blessed I feel to be on here. Like, technically, we only met a year ago. Isn't that wild? But, and we haven't seen each other much outside of this industry. No. Or doing this. We've had a couple nights out together. We did. Which were really fun. Yeah. But we have like a soul sister connection. One of those instant things. I think it's like appreciating each other's hustle, maybe. That could, well, this is, and this is, guys, exactly why I picked you. Mm. Because if I could pick anything that represents like this last year of my life, it's the fact that I've made so many great female friendships, but they're not just ordinary friendships. They're like women that are fucking killing it. Mm -hmm. And that I like, I'm not intimidated by them. I'm not jealous. It's just literally like a support, a fucking, I look up to you. Mm -hmm. You inspire me to be better. Like it's just all around positivity. Yeah. And, like, you represent that. And so, like, if anyone's going to be here on my, like, 200th episode where it's, like, we're going to fucking ramp this bitch up. <laughs> and this is, like, a milestone moment. Like, it's going to be you. It's so. a launching point for you, I think. I think it's a milestone, but it's a freaking launching point. It's a like, launching point. I think everybody needs to watch out for Sarah because you're going to take over the world. It's a launching so point. So are you. Oh, yeah. We're both going to do it. Oh, yeah. We're going to go, like, shopping in New York City. And, yeah. Like, we're going to go down to, like, resorts <laughs> down in um, Mexico. Yeah. For like months at a time and Oh my god, girl. Give yes. us five years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Money, vacations, mm-hmm. fucking like doing our own thing. Yeah. Like and I think that's something about the Freedom. two of us. Like we're both working in our passion industry. Yeah. Right now. We are working in our passion industry yes. and that's so rare. Isn't that wild? I was talking to a friend today from high school and he's a hustler in Calgary and I was saying how there's hustlers here, but not like in other places. So no. when you meet a fellow hustler, it's like, mm, I see you. Mm, I see you. I'm also just like, I see you. Are you sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> I sleep. Do you? I sleep. What? Oh, yeah. I okay. Sleep. What's your. So like the... we said that this episode won't be about dating advice, mm-hmm. but we are going to talk about like the entrepreneurial life, mm. how you manage it, your, mm. a little bit about you personally and like your personal growth throughout Which your I don't business. Talk about, but I'm going to talk about with her because... Yeah. 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 Because like I feel like with you, and I said this to you, um, and I feel like it hit something when I said it, which was like, I do feel like you're someone who people yeah. just want to pick your brain. They want to just like get your knowledge and, and like, here's a matchmaker. And like, what do we do about dating? And like, what do I... like? Like, you're just like an advice machine. Yeah. And like... I want to get to know Geneva, not yeah. Geneva the matchmaker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You made me want to cry. Yeah. I know. Because I think, like, when you do so much work like we do, mm-hmm. like, the line between, like, who you are and what you do is blurred. Oh, big time blurred. Yeah. And, like, that can be... that can, And that's kind of what this podcast is about. It's about getting to know the people behind the art. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people behind comedy. The people behind whatever you know influencing Mm -hmm. like like there's human beings behind all these public figures yeah um so it's it's interesting and it's exciting too because i'm glad that we're doing this now because i have to say the biggest hustle time for me was 
probably three months prior to lockdown and then three months after the first lockdown stopped. And then I completely lost my identity because I had stepped away from serving and I was really trying to get the business off the ground. So I just became matchmaker dating coach. There was no Geneva. And then things started kind of coming out the other side. I started seeing the light and now I was able actually to go back and re- find myself if that's the <gasps> word yeah Ooh. and it wasn't intentional in any way it was literally just having the dust settle and be like okay this is who i am and it's just back to normal again and that's that's the dream of anyone who's their own boss yeah truly is finding that balance yeah so i don't even know like i don't even know where to start with this <laughs> yeah. but like i know for me with you when you first came on the podcast like mm. obviously it was amazing and and you've done a bunch of appearances ever since then but like i was always curious about the past mm. and at the time you were like i don't talk with that but there was a good reason <laughs> behind that yeah because you were like you were on the upward swing like you yeah. were changing things and you were moving upwards and, and i still needed outlook. to earn my stripes like yeah. at that time people were like who is this person why should i listen to her do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So if I was divulging my young Geneva years, it would have disqualified my expertise. Ooh, and actually, I want to start with that question. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if I missed it at your live event. You might have talked about it. Um, so mm-hmm. you're a matchmaker. Yes. How do you feel about the comment? Well, why should I trust a single <laughs> matchmaker? Yeah. Let's hear it. What's your rebuttal? What's your defense to that? Because yeah. number one, that's a stupid fucking thing to say. Because <laughs> yes. that doesn't mean that you're not good at matching other people. It just yeah. means that you just happen to not have, have matched yourself yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how? What's, what's that about? So, okay. Honest, I think it's a genuine question to ask. It is. Like when you're thinking, the thing is, is that when you're seeking out business elsewhere, whether it's getting your car fixed or going to a contractor or going to an electrician, you're kind of going to them suspecting that they know what they do. What the minute or they know what they do. The minute you move into the personal realm, Mm -hmm. therapy, matchmaking or something like that, you want to dive into that the qualifications of that person because you're like okay you're getting into my emotions you're right. getting into my heart it's more personal you're not just taking my money for a service you're getting into me yeah so why should i trust you so mm-hmm. i personally think it's a valid question the only thing is is that i like to ask when i was when i knew less and i was a little bit more um defensive on trying faking it till i made it basically defensive on like well i do know stuff so you should trust me i would get angry at that question yeah now that i know everything ah, i'm less angry <laughs> now that i know I everything love that i mean we don't know everything all the time but like well that shows that you're comfortable in who you are mm-hmm. and that like you know you're confident in who you are yeah so like that's confidence. not gonna sway you and the confidence of my knowledge and it was literally a light bulb moment i can't remember when um, but there was a light bulb moment where I knew that that question wouldn't bug me anymore. Oh my God. But my response used to be like, I remember one esthetician at a networking <laughs> event was like, well, you're a matchmaker and you're single. I'm like, you're an esthetician. Where's your eyelashes? I love it. And clearly she's never coming to me for matchmaking again after that sharp. Cause she can say whatever she wants to me. But the minute you say something sharp back, it's gone. She got called out. She got called out, but it's the same thing. I mean, you know, when you're going to somebody for any kind of st- 
any kind of professional thing. It's not about their qualifications, not about their personal life, but I think it shifts when you move into the matchmaking dynamic. That's fascinating. Mm. And you're right about like the therapy thing. Yeah. Because yeah. like if I were to get a therapist, I would go, well, what? Are you depressed? What? Yeah. Did you get? Have you experienced Are this? you healthy? Are you? Are, you, are you healthy? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you experienced what I've been through and now you're teaching based on that? Or do you just have a ton of schooling? Like, which would you even prefer? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, too, and like you, you said it, too, um, that you worry about not like not being single right now and and not keeping up to date with like what it feels like to be single because that's a whole thing too because like the thing about a single matchmaker is is like they would they could relate to you oh you're single they've been in the grind they know the grind you're doing it so like you could relate to each other um but i mean that's my biggest fear that won't happen. I don't think like a so. wealth of knowledge and so much dating experience. And honestly, like, dating and dating coaching is so foundational. Like the actual growth of it is the same with the, like growth, just personal growth. Like Dale Carnegie from the forties teaches the same thing as all the personal development people do now. It's the same concept. It's the same skeleton. It just might be a little bit fresher. Right. So it's the same with dating. That's it's so all true. about a skeleton of being the best version of yourself and dating. And so I don't think I'm going to, but I don't want to lose touch. Like it's my biggest fear because honestly, online dating has shifted so much in seven years that if I was no longer dating seven years ago, I wouldn't understand what any of these single people have been through. Right? I would not understand it. So if they're coming into me and they're like, hey, this is my struggle and I'm looking down at them from like this marriage point being like, <laughs> like this is why, this is what's wrong with you. Like, yeah, I, I, that's my biggest fear is that I would be on a pedestal and just not be able to understand them. And I never want anybody to think that coming to me. Even though that's part of being a professional. Right. Is that you've been through it all, but that is my biggest fear. I think you have the best of both worlds, though. You have the experience, and yeah. now you have the success story. Yeah. Where you can say, I've proved my own work because I've gotten myself there. Yeah. Which and is it was wild. a lot of work. And it wasn't even just like the early stages of whatever, you know. And again, we've been together for five months, so who knows what's going to happen. It may not be the one. And I'm okay with that, too. But um, but the real work was the three years prior okay. to. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's go back to Man Hater. <laughs> Janina. I know I say that. I'm a man hitter, <laughs> but I'm healed now. So bye bye. And then I just roll into whatever I'm talking about. Because even just that phrase, man hater, it's very it has a very negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Do you think all women who are like very critical of men are man haters? Or is it an added layer of like pettiness that makes someone a man hater? Like I always say for me mm. that I'm very much so willing to be proven wrong. Yeah. And no one's done it yet. Yeah. And that's usually how I combat the, hey, you're just so bitter about men, Sarah. And I go, no, it's just literally no one's impressed me yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that man hating or is that being cautiously skeptical? Um, I think in anything we have to have like a cautiously skeptical, uh, you know, head in reality. So true. Super important. I can only speak to my man-hatingness and some clients that have come through and what I've seen, but um, my man-hatingness was literally based on hurt Mm. mixed up with not knowing what the fuck I was doing wrong with men Uh. mixed up with hurt. 
probably and a lot of lack of self-esteem even though everybody looks at me they're like oh my gosh you were so confident like what do you mean lack of self-esteem i didn't understand men i didn't understand why they did i didn't understand why they reacted to me the way that they did i didn't understand what i was doing wrong plus i worked so hard to become such an independent woman Ooh. that the fact that these men weren't bowing down to my job, bowing down to my successes, they weren't acknowledging all that I've accomplished early stages of relationships, like two, three, four dates in. They're not being like, wow, you're amazing. I was like, well, what's, you know, oh, they what's wrong with things. them? Yeah. Why don't they appreciate me? Yeah. Oh man, that hits hard. Cause man, when I was dating in Calgary, I put on my best blazer. And I've said this before, my favorite question was like, what's your plan for the next five years? Like, what's your five year plan? Six, and, you, like, and you're like, you pull up a binder. Oh, you're like, here. <laughs> and I thought I was like, hot shit. But again, it was insecurity. It was like insecurity in what I thought that I could actually get. I would always date under my quality too. Oh my God. I would date down big time. A lot of women do that. Cause we don't want to be rejected. Because when you date down, you don't get rejected. You're doing the rejecting. You're in the power position. So, but if you date at your level, gosh, you lose all power. Because it's equal. Which is where you want to be, though. Yeah. I definitely, I've thought about that. Mm. That whole, like, date up, date down. Like, like you kind of look at a couple and you go, okay, I know exactly this power dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, And where was I going with this? I don't even know. But yeah, I, I, I definitely want someone who can match. Can not even match me, but like challenge me. Yeah. But like that can be tricky to find. Challenge and call. It is tricky to find. That's the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. Is like, that's another thing too. Oh gosh, we're not, we're not supposed to get into this. But like, I know. Um, that's another thing too. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, we gotta ease into the yeah, personal we'll stuff. Get, you're right. You're right. Let's start with <laughs> this is for what we're good at. <laughs> You're such a gentle lover, Sarah. <gasps> Foreplay. If you only knew. <laughs> if I should only be so blessed, right. honestly. Uh, fuck, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, being challenged. Being challenged. Uh, finding someone who challenges you. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to get into the fact that sometimes we think like movies and TV have shown us that, oh, they're just going to fall into your lap. You only need to meet one or two, three people and then you find them. You have to meet hundreds and hundreds and hundreds because we're going to tell the story about how I met my guy. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I intense dated and I, you have to meet hundreds of people to find that person. That is... Okay, number one, like, so ridiculously fascinating. Because this is called the compound dating. Compound dating technique, which I kind of amalgamated it from all that I've learned over the last two years about dating. And then I created something that would benefit my strengths of dating, which is basically momentum and stamina. And meeting lots and lots of new people, which is my strength. I have no problem doing that. Damn. Libra queen. Libra queen! (laughs) I know. You got to go with your strengths, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so, and I couldn't teach it unless I did it. So you so came it. up with this. This yeah. is not, you came up with this technique. Yeah. I did it. I did it myself. And then, but it was, it was honestly the ideas so of all these dating coaches put together. I took mm. what was applicable to both Halifax, Nova Scotia, um, online dating, modern day dating, as well as my mindset, which is like, we're taking all these insecurities. We talk about attachment styles a lot. Yeah. So my biggest problem is that if I invest too much time in one person, I overinvest. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to mechanically generate something where I could take that 
what's it called? I could take that issue that I have from past relationships, which is investing too much in somebody, mm-hmm. and I could mechanically generate something where I could not invest too much in one person, which for me was dating multiple people. So you're spreading yourself out. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> you're spreading. <laughs> I was spreading Geneva around Halifax. But Everybody? You're, like, you're allocating a smaller percentage of investment to more people. Yes. So until they rose to the occasion. So a lot of the time mm. what we do is, and it's it's huge for people who are love addicted, mm. is that you go out with one person, you have a great first date, you're planning the <laughs> wedding, you're planning this, you're planning that. <laughs> so, and this is what we do. So when we can acknowledge that that is what we're doing, we can design something that is, that will steer you away from that. That's fascinating now this doesn't apply to people who are securely attached where they when they you know partner up with somebody or they're dating someone they don't get crazy attached like maybe the compound dating technique won't be applicable for them right because they don't have that problem right but it's applicable for me and all the women that and, i'm teaching and it, it truly does make sense because um i sent a podcast guest your way a guy who wrote a book yeah, uh, he's all booked in, ready to go. I'm reading the book. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. His name is John Berger. Yeah. And it's I called read Make the, the First Move. I gotta read that. It's good. Is it? There's some stuff I disagree with, but I mean if I'm not disagreeing with it, then it's not it's not like innovative. And I mean he's he seems so good at like discussing things. I'm yeah. like, uh I'm going to listen to fuck out of that episode that's gonna be so good yeah but he he essentially like researched dating from like an like literally a number standpoint being like his first book um date datanomics datanomics yeah i haven't read that one yet and i didn't read it so but i know that it's like essentially saying um that uh there's essentially more women than men right now and all the women are looking for college graduated Right. Men. Mm-hmm. And statistically, there's just less of that now. Because so men are doing up. trade. That's the thing, too, is like yeah. women are designed to be to go to school, get educated and do those jobs that are like organization based. Again, yeah. there's lots of women in the trades and power to you. I did the same thing. I was in a super male dominated industry. It's badass. But men are, they kind of tend to go to the trades. Yeah. We have to keep this infrastructure going somehow. We have to keep the lights on. We have to keep the power lines active. We have to keep the plumbing going. We have to do that. And that's just... They're important jobs. They're important jobs. And so more men go to that. Mm -hmm. So it's uneven. It's uneven. And they're not finding their people Mm -hmm. because they're, I mean, they're looking for the wrong people kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So it's fascinating that's the first thing i challenge when people come in and i ask them what their education what their expectation of education is we're so lucky to be in halifax i truly feel that halifax people really have their heads in reality because majority of the time there are some people where and it's usually when they're younger and freshly graduated they want somebody who has a university degree now it's like you know what i honestly just want somebody intelligent yeah that i can have conversations Mm -hmm. with whatever their education is is their prerogative i could care less truly I could care less too. I mean, I think it helps like having that base because I do think like college and education makes you a more critical thinker in the world. Yes. But, but I mean, fuck it. Like if someone graduated high school, worked their butt off in a certain field and is excelling in that field and is passionate and knows a lot about that field. Fucking hell yeah. Yeah. My thing is, is you, I want someone who loves what they do. Mm-hmm. 
I, I do I do actually like intelligence, but like I don't think I could date someone who would be like, oh, I hate my job. Like yeah. at this age, it's like it's unacceptable. It. Get out of it. Yeah. Like it, it, it would yes. be it would be okay in your twenties. Yeah. You're like kind of like granted that experience of like mm-hmm. hating jobs in your twenties, but like do something about it. But that's just more of like a. Yeah. Uh, um, being more aware of what you can and can't do. If you're sitting there and complaining about what you hate all day long, I, that's a personality trait that has far less to do with what you do for work. I literally hate it, and it's funny because I know people think that about me. Mm. You think that, so? That I'm complaining. Oh, uh, and I've purposely ridded myself. You of know people. what? I don't know how you do this. Like, I know that I've watched your podcast, and like <laughs> you're going into the stand-up stuff. <laughs> And you're asking for genuine feedback from people and you're taking it <laughs> and you're not slitting your wrist 10 minutes later. I personally put my blinders on and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. You give me any feedback. I literally don't want to hear it. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's, I don't know how you do that. It's pretty insane. It's also unique, I think, to my to the fact that like I, I was friends with comics before doing stand up and I also have the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think the standard person wouldn't get that type of feedback. Ooh, I would die. I would not be able to do that. I think it's awesome that you can do that. I mean, I'm trying. My <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. Do you find that like getting that feedback is really helpful? Or do you find it pulls you down? Um, I think it's just a matter of taking it lo- and, and like logically and not emotionally. Mm. Um, and also just reminding yourself to go with your gut so like you might hear feedback mm-hmm. um but like in your heart go mm, i really do like this joke the way it is and i'm gonna just keep trying it mm-hmm. uh, and usually i find that my intuition and my gut are rarely wrong yeah about things oh rarely ever it's when you go against your gut that you're like oh i shouldn't have done that right it's never wrong Right? When it feels oh ra- never wrong. I'm, I, I literally, I have like these like things called like intuition red flags, mm-hmm. which is like, I can predict things happening before they happen. Oh, you mean like, like what? Like, like in like, like couples, like relationships. Mm. I'll go, this is what's going to go down with them. Oh no. <laughs> That's evil. But I just like. It's a horrible. The, it's like having the sight of who's going to die when. But this is the thing. I just like psychoanalyzing people and figuring mm. out like why they are the way they are. Like why they do the things they do. Mm-hmm. Why are they fucked up? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just love that type of stuff. Oh, my gosh. You would love being a matchmaker. <laughs> like, when you can sit down with yeah, it's, all that's what different it is. types of people. That's, you're using psychoanalysis, like, to pair people. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah, it is wild. And I truly think that there is a pot for every lid in the fact that, mm-hmm. like, so long as they're coming to me kind and open and willing to be coached, I can find them a match. Honestly, it's those that come through and I'm like, ooh, you're going to be hard to match are the ones that match the quickest. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. God damn. You know. So early days of you. Okay. So you said that your man hating mm. came from hurt. Mm-hmm. Are we willing to talk about that hurt? Yeah, we can bit? talk about that hurt. Okay. So what's That's what's true. your dating history resume? You yeah. said that you've been engaged a couple times. I've been engaged three times. Jesus Christ! I know, but all the also times, it makes sense. It makes total sense. I don't know why I haven't been asked yet. <laughs> So the only thing is, is that they weren't true engagements. Oh, okay. What do you mean by that? Um, well, they, it was like there was rings and stuff. So I guess it was a true engagement. But what I mean by true engagement are two adult humans having a conversation about an engagement to move forward in life together. Like a serious, logical yeah. like, plan for the future. This was like, you're going away to university, but I want you to stay here. Here's a ring. Will you marry me? Or... Um, mm. 
I want to move in with you. You said that we won't move in unless we're engaged. Here's a ring. Or, like ultimatum-y. Yeah. It was almost to control me. The other one was like, oh, so this was when I graduated from all of my education. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's absolutely no pl- employment in Nova Scotia. He wanted to keep me here. So and he didn't want to move and travel the world and like f- do that. So clearly the natural next step was to propose. How, so how old were you with the first like the first engagement? Oh, he was my high school boyfriend. So that Shh. was just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was, how old? Like grade 12? 11? Yeah, grade 12. I was 16. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I actually gave you a ring. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. What was that proposal like? Um, 16 year old proposal. It was it was cute. I mean, well, we had uh, it was cute. Was it? Yeah, it was cute. Well, he was a sweetheart. The best thing about my first he was my first boyfriend ever. Yeah. And lost my virginity to him. We were together for one year and it was like on our one year anniversary. That you banged? Was, yeah. Oh, my God. That's we cute. made love, Sarah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> we made love. It's different. That's so interesting to me. Like that age, like 16, 17, because mm-hmm. like I lost my virginity at 17 and it's always fascinating um, like how long couples choose to wait mm-hmm. at that age because mm-hmm. like I, I I think I had sex with my first boyfriend three months in yeah and like and but a lot but of couples that I too. knew at the time were the same as you like yeah. it was like one or two some years some people lose it in the shower at a party isn't that wild that's a bit much I would never do that well I don't know sometimes you just want to get rid of it <laughs> Just like get rid of that V card as quickly as possible, right? So that's so sweet though. One year anniversary. One year anniversary, and he was the sweetest, sweetest boy. So attractive, little skater boy. Oh my god, my first boyfriend was a skater boy too. Really? Yeah, they were the best. Yeah, Avril Lavigne. Yeah, because when I broke up with him the first time, that was the hit. Was <laughs> skater boy, and he's all like, "I'm gonna be a rich musician, and you're gonna be like da da da." I'm like, oh, hold my purse, buddy. But whatever. Shut up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he was a sweetheart. But the only thing is that I, when I first broke up with him is because there was this older boy that was showing me attention. Ooh. So this was the first like, but he was detached, this older boy. Okay. He was just playing. Oh, but. He- and I had this beautiful relationship with this beautiful boy <laughs> and that detached dude that I think we've all experienced. We've probably experienced it every single day. He enticed me away and I was too young to understand. Was he a bad boy? Yeah, he was a bad boy. He had a motorcycle. Yeah. He had a motorcycle. He was two years, three years older and had a leather jacket. I mean, he was a nice boy, too. He was nice. Like, he was a sweetheart. He just, he wasn't super invested. Off the grid a little bit. Off the grid a little bit. He would be the type that would plan a date and then I would be sitting in the living room with my cell phone on my lap and my parents and my brothers were all in there watching TV. They knew I had a date and he would just not show up. And he did that like two or three times. Oh, God damn it. I know. My dad was like, I want to murder him. But my, my dad, bless his heart, didn't say or do anything. They just watched my little heartbreak sitting on that Aww. love seat while the guy never picked me up. And he did it two or three times. And I don't think we've ever talked about it. Starting the gaslighting young. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Geneva. <laughs> I know. I know. And then me and my first boyfriend got back together for the summer before going away to university. Oh, okay. So we just got back together. He had another girlfriend um, during that time that I was figuring everything out with that dude. And uh, so then we came back together just to like almost just send it off. But I mean, yeah. 
Interesting. Just to finish it off, just to finish off, finish off the first love, and then he found his perfect girl, and they got married and had kids, and he's super happy, and he deserves all of his happiness in the world. So that first one was like, I guess the best case scenario, yeah. like ended on good terms, no ill will, no, N- not like that's not really a true heartbreak. That's like a mutual growing apart. Leave, yeah. Like he stayed in Turo. I went to university. It was just one of those stories. One of those stories. Yeah. That's such a fascinating saga. Yeah, it was really sweet. So, like, I'm going to be, I'm planning on writing a book here soon, and I'm definitely going to be telling those stories. Oh, my gosh. This is like a little tease. I know. Little preview. Little preview. And then I went to university, and I did the first year university fun times. Oh, yes. And then second year university was my next boyfriend. Where where did you go to university? St. Mary's University. St. Mary's! Yeah, man. Oh, my god. Lived gosh. in residence first year. Had so much fun. I was, like, partying with the Cape Bretoners who know how to party. Oh, yeah. Do they ever? Oh, I know. So they taught me how to drink. They taught me how to do all of that stuff. Super cool people, too. So. Oh, yeah. You can't yeah. go wrong with the Cape Bretoner. No, you can't. No. Super fun. And then second year, I partnered up. So basically, I, like, my my habit is I never cheat. Never once have I ever cheated. Nor do I think I've ever been cheated on that I know of. And I don't really care if I have at this point. But, like, I go from relationship one to two years. And then playtime for a year or two. And then relationship for one to two years. So you're not really a jumper, but you... I don't jump. You you, you spend an appropriate amount of time single between each. Yeah. And I think that that was so much fun. Yes. I always say, like, if you're single... Girl, I'm going on ten years single. <laughs> yes, I, I just go. The only years that it was fun, and I and I mean this as someone who's just always wanted love. Um, the first like two years, yeah, fun because like you have the sounds sad, but you have hope, so mm-hmm. you just have fun with it. Yeah, because you're like, yeah, I'll find someone eventually. Oh yeah, totally. And yeah. like those are the growing periods too. It's when you're single that you grow the most. You really, really do. And you need that time for your future partner. I think it's a kind thing to do. But then honestly, there's people out there that are such amazing people that they don't need any time either. Mm. There's some people that don't need any time. That's wild. Yeah, I couldn't do it, but there's lots of people that can and they do Securely it Securely well. attached probably. Yeah, those freaks of nature. <laughs> I know we're talking about how my guy, I'm pretty sure he's securely attached. We haven't had him do the test or anything like that. But you said in the car when we were driving to the Uh, live show, you're like, they exist? (laughs) I thought I asked him what was wrong with him. I know that you're securely attached. (laughs) Get one intoxicated. I'll figure him out. I know. Yes. some questions. Oh, you would figure him out. I know. Uh, Everyone has some sort of fucked up thing about them. I don't know. It's just a matter of finding it. And that's the beautiful thing. Like, I, that's what I realized. For some reason, prior to it being a matchmaker, I thought that, like, good-looking people or rich people were better mm. and are harder to talk to or something. Yeah. But one thing I realized is that everybody, no matter how hot, no matter how rich, no matter how... They're all weirdos. They all got messed... They're all messed up somehow. And also, if you're intimidated by someone who's, like, insanely confident, like, getting a lot of what they want out of life, they're probably wildly insecure as well. Oh, yeah. And putting up a lot of appearances. Oh, yeah. insane. Oh, yeah. Everybody is. Everybody is. That's wild. And it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just literally surviving life. So that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. So second year smew. So what was the next? The next. So this was a fun one actually. He was hot. His name was so he was my. You know I have one of my really good friends. She was those that type of girl that would just 
love everybody mm-hmm. so she she was in love with this guy she was in love with this guy she was in love with this guy and there's just these huge crushes i'm right here geneva you don't have to refer to me as that girl <laughs> <laughs> are you a, like a crusher oh, and if you geneva. have a crush everybody has to stay away oh god yeah well i mean not necessarily that but i have called dibs okay amongst friends mm-hmm. before <laughs> and it may have happened this year. Okay, so tell me, tell me that. Like, tell me where that. Where does that come from? Um, I mean, I think it's like this mentality of like, I've done my single time. Mm. Let me do it first. Let yeah, me, let me have a chance with this. Step first. aside, ladies. Uh, but then you you start to realize that like. You know, like if they're naturally going for someone else, that's a sign that there's probably nothing there. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta fucking deal with it. Interesting, but I actually don't have a lot of single friends, so I don't really have that issue anymore. Oh, good. You can so. just crush in peace. I can crush, <laughs> crush in, in peace. peace. <laughs> Back off, bitches. Okay, so you had a friend who was a crusher. She's a crusher. Love addict? Uh, no, definitely mm. not. She's actually in an amazing relationship with right now. Ooh. But basically, her first boyfriend. She had a little bit in between, but basically, her first boyfriend. They just had their kid. She's forty. Her first kid. They're going to have another one here soon. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Super happy. So, but I wouldn't call her a love addict. I think she was just a crusher. Anyhow, mm-hmm. she had a crush on this guy and it was her staple crush. Yeah. And he turned his attention to me. Uh-oh. And I was too weak. Too Plus, re- he was too hot to turn away. No way. Yeah. So, he turned his attention on me. I don't even remember. I didn't really even know him that well. But he just decided to pursue me. And I was like, okay, cool. So then we became boyfriend and girlfriend while I was living with her, too. Was she pissed at you? She was so pissed. And then all of our friends got into... No, I don't think it was a fight, but she still hates me because of it. Like, Um, jokingly? No. She she definitely hates me. But we're we're still good friends. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure... (laughs) But I'm pretty sure she literally hates me. Oh, my gosh. So it's kind of like a deep-seated little wound yeah i think you know a lot of friends i think would have that if you've been friends longer than five to ten years there's some resentment there through experiences from the past yeah um so yeah he and i dated for two years and he was great and good looking and um yeah and you were in your like early 20s second year university early 20s we went into the third year together Mm And then we broke up. I went through a hard time. My two grandfathers died in the same week. Oh, so then I just went gosh. boop. And then he broke up with me a week later. Oh, my God. That's brutal. Yeah. So, what? I mean, it was a great relationship. He was a sweetheart. But, uh, yeah, that was just a, that was a messy one. Okay. And what I, was the reason for the breakup? Whoa. <laughs> So you could have heard war music go off in Geneva's head right now. Just play some epic battle music. He's going to hate me if he listens to this. And he actually watches all my stuff. Really? Yeah, he does. He watches all my stuff. You can be vague. I can be vague. Yeah. No, I'm going to be straight up. What happened? Oh, I love it. So um, he basically, well, I mean, it was all building up to everything. It was two years. He was going to go away for RCMP school. I was going to stay. And it was just kind of like fizzling out. We didn't really match on a lot of things as well. Because honestly, when you're that young, you're just amoebas. And you're just like, "Mm, everything feels good and it's all fun. Yeah. What future? What values? Just the next step is to get married and have kids. Like, that's just how it works. We don't check for compatibility. We don't check for that stuff. No. So um, he, I was hanging out with some friends and um, he found out, it was like a story that was happening. He actually found out that I, in high school, I had dated a black guy. And so he said to me, if I had known that you dated a black guy in high school, I never would have touched you. You're tainted. 
what yeah Shit. so and that was the same week that i lost my grandfather's too and so then we just kind of like ended it i think after one of the grandfather's funerals yeah that's that was crazy wild yeah but also good on you yeah for recognizing that like that's not something you want to deal because sometimes oh. love can fucking blind you and make you a dumbass oh yeah it's done it to me lots of times i'm like and to make that decision to go like i i love i'm in love with this person but like this is unacceptable and i'm out oh my god you know like Absolutely. That's, that's still even even as bad as that was that's still like a, a big decision to make yeah. at that age when you're so in love with somebody yeah I think if it probably happened earlier in the relationship and I don't know if this is the case because I was actually very adamant about LGBTQ rights and all of that stuff early yeah. on like always I've been like that um, so I probably would have ended but I think if you were in that puppy dog stage it's hard it is really hard to let stuff like that not just slide right when you are just like <clears throat> so into it and you're getting all those like happy feelings all the feel good feelings mm-hmm it can skew you. Oh, it can big time skew you. And it's happened before lots of times. I mean, we all kind of like sweep a lot of things under the rug early on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just touched my thumb. Oh, oh my God. Um, okay. <laughs> so, and then were you engaged to him? Uh, no. <laughs> I love how we're going through the Rolodex. <laughs> this is so fascinating to me. It's like your dating resume. I think the first engagement is the only one I'm actually going to tell you about. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Because okay. that was just literally like a high school boy saying like, we should get married because we're going to university. Like, what a sweetheart. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. And then it kind of like, gosh, oh my God, I don't even remember. There's so many. That's insane. Like, that's the thing is that when you're a dating coach, there's one thing that I can teach and it's how to date because I have dated a lot. so many people. Can I tell you the most amazing romantic story of all time? Yes, please. Okay. This was actually around this time that I had broken up with um, this guy. Is that summer I went a little crazy and just had fun with the girls and going out to the ale house all the time and having a blast and doing my thing. And there was this one guy there and um, he was from Ontario. And we just had like this whirlwind romance after running into each other at the alehouse. So much fun. Beautiful person. He went back to Ontario that weekend. Never heard from him again. So actually the first year I came back here from Calgary. So I guess five years ago, I was out for Canada Day and um, I was out with some friends and the whole bar at the it was the alehouse at the time. They it was closing down. And I was going to walk out of the bar to go home. All my friends had like coupled up or left or whatever. And so I was walking out by myself. This dude plows right into me, almost knocks me off my feet. And and like at the time I was like, oh, ha, ha. I was kind of tipsy by then because it was the end of the night. And so I walk out and he's like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm just going out for a smoke because I smoke when I drink. Don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Going out for a smoke. So he's like, well, I'll come with you. And then he was standing and having a smoke. He's like, what are you doing now? I'm like walking home. And he's like, can I walk you home? And I said, and I looked up at him the first time I actually looked at his face since we ran into me. And I was like, and he was handsome with this beautiful green eyes and dark hair. And I was like, yeah, you can walk me home. Because that summer I would just like allow a guy to walk me home so I could have someone tall to walk home. And then when I got to my door, I'd be like, okay, bye. I love it. It's like you're using them for safety. (laughs) Using them for safety. Exactly. I love it. Anyhow, we're like starting to walk away. And he's like, so my name's Adam. What's your name? I'm like, Geneva. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, it's not. He's like, do you remember me? 
what the fuck? And I was like, no. And he's like, Adam, like, do you remember last time I was here 10 years ago? Last time I was here, you and I had this amazing romance. We met at the Ale House. And I looked at him and I was like, I didn't register at all. Oh, my God. That any of this had happened. But it was him. So we had a whirlwind romance then. And then I drove up to Petawawa to see him for an entire like month in the summer a couple summers ago and what that was so much fun that's insane that you didn't recognize each other i know we didn't well it was 10 years i guess that's a long time and he's so out of your mind because you just don't think of anybody for 10 years Mm. didn't recognize him i think apparently i think he recognized me which is why he ran into me pretty sure his brother was like shoved him into me so like i'm pretty sure that's what happened and did that, was that just a fizzle out? So you had a second whirlwind. Whirl, whirl, we had a second real one. He's one of those people where we just have so much physical chemistry mm. that it is, it surpasses like any logic. Yeah. Have you ever had that? I've had it mm, over the phone. <laughs> so I guess that's not physical chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I... Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> you would know it. He's the only one. Probably not. Yeah. But, and like, we, we're equal amounts of kindness, like all of that stuff. Mm. And he's a really genuinely great person. Uh, and I saw, I saw I say this about every single guy, but he was a really genuinely great person. But he had a kid in Petawawa. There's no way in fucking hell I'm moving to Petawawa, Ontario. Uh. So when I came back, I, I wanted to keep things talking, but it just it just fizzled. He messages me every now and then saying, just you're just such an amazing person. I want you to know that. And when I respond, he doesn't say anything back. He just like drops those little nice little tidbits to me every now and then. It's like someone who's kind of like trinkles in every now and then yeah. into your life. And yeah. just, just to say something absolutely sweet that just builds my, up my day and then he, he would not respond and then he'll do that again in like a year That's six so months. nice though. It is really nice and uh, probably, yeah, so, but that will never happen. And it's really sad, but that That's will never happen. That's interesting. I, I like the idea of um, having and it's a it's a crazy term to say but like multiple soulmates mm. in the sense that like i always think about this story amy schumer tells that about her like one night st- one and only one night stand she had it was like one of the best nights of her life oh and then when they when they departed he was like do you want my number and she was like no let's just leave it at that okay like let's have this nice memory yeah before we fucking ruin it yeah you know with reality and to appreciate it for what it was mm-hmm move on but also just look back and smile Mm -hmm. at those moments like that is so fucking cool Mm -hmm. and i'm wildly jealous and i like that you say that because like i'm not looking like that happened and i feel so blessed that it did happen to me because and i just hope it happens to everybody Mm. but i'm not looking for that yeah moving forward yeah 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 do you know what i mean like i'm not there's a lot of people that experience something like that and then that's what they're looking for the rest of their lives and they'll never be happy i truly believe that the people that come into your lives come to you for a reason and it's different for every single person so if you're pursuing something that you've experienced in the past and you can't you won't settle until that happens again yeah, like that's, that's not gonna not happen. A good way to go about it. Yeah. And they're all human, and the connection's different for everybody. So, and it's like all the timing too. Mm. I actually, I fully believe in that as well. Mm. That like things happen for a reason. Oh, timing's huge. Timing is a 
and a bitch. Mm. A goddamn bitch. It is. <laughs> it is. But all we can do, like you said, like Amy Schumer said, is just accept it, appreciate it. Like I can still picture up in Petawawa. It was a hot summer. We spent like all this time together. And I can picture us biking to this pool in the middle of the night. And he had like, he was beautiful too. And he had these, he had no like shirts, sleeves. And he was just like, we were biking and I'm like sweating, biking behind him, like not a biker, but you could tell he's a biker. And I'm just like, this is the most amazing time ever. Dear God. Yeah. And this is the thing too that I want to teach women is you have to be open to falling in love and breaking your heart because those experiences are so beautiful Mm -hmm. and I wish I could just unscrew my head that yeah it hurts when it doesn't work out or it hurts that it is what it is but But I am so glad I did it and you had the experience yeah you had like you had it yeah you you had an experience to look back on and I've had several that are similar to that different for each person but yeah like you have like a like that sounds like fucking Nicholas Sparks movie I know what you just described but there's no happily ever after for those, and that's totally okay. That's the thing about those movies, that there's always somehow a happily ever after, but there doesn't have to be. Because I want to be, be really old and reading my diary and be like, mm, I was such and looking a back on all these people who like left marks on your heart kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Sounds so fucking cheesy to say, but like, and, and looking back and being positive about those things. And that I never said no to something out of fear. Like, I could have just, like, experienced that weekend with him and not have driven up 16 hours to Petawawa to see him. But that was just the stage I was in then, and I'm just so blessed that I did that. I'm so glad that I did that. That's, like, so just, like, fearless and dumb. (laughs) But, like, also, it's like you're young. You were young. I was 33, baby. That's young? (laughs) You're 33. I was 33. I, I still am, like... You, I don't know. There's, there's certain things, there's certain chemistries that you can't, yeah, deny. Yeah, I like the itch has to be scratched. Yeah, so to speak. And I just want the single people to know, just like get out there, have fun, make mistakes, get your heart broken, and you know, see see it for what it is. We can't yeah. just sit around waiting for that one person to come into our life without ever experiencing all the rest, because we'll never appreciate it mm-hmm. when it comes. Mm. what's the most romantic thing you've ever experienced i have so many that was pretty romantic that's really romantic gosh i don't know romantic like is there something that sticks out to you as like Mm. well another moment that i had i was dating this beautiful california man i remember this a couple years back probably (laughs) definitely told you about this guy and he was beautiful. He flew me out to California on Valentine's Day, I think, three oh, years geez, ago. Jeez, that's pretty fucking romantic. Two years ago. Yeah, he flew wow. me out to California. And then he bought me a longboard. Whoa. And then we went down to Venice Beach in California, and he taught me how to longboard on the new longboard that he purchased for me. And I remember I didn't know how to longboard, so by the end of it, I was so tired that he was just slingshotting me down the boardwalk. Just slingshotting me down the boardwalk, and I just like gra- grab his hand, and he'd slingshot me, and he did that for like miles. And then there's this guy selling these roses, like a peddler selling these roses. So he bought a rose for me, and he gave it to me. And there's a picture of me, and I looked horrible, but like I was on the California boardwalk, and it was in my hair, and I was like, oh my god, this I is the most to magical this thing. Picture. Do you have it? Oh, it would be deep somewhere. I don't know. 
But then like Oh my god I want to see it I thought I was like The feeling that I had I thought I was the hottest Most beautiful woman That ever existed Because he made you feel that way Because he made me feel that way Yeah The warm The warm air in my hair As I was getting slingshotted Down Venice Beach With a rose in my hand From a beautiful man That purchased it for me I keep saying purchased He bought a rose for me Anyhow <laughs> And uh It was a purchase It was a purchase <laughs> And an yeah That was probably That was that That's was pretty so up there real. That's so cute Yeah but I never really kind of like crumble under romance. I don't really need romance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, interesting. I like it when it happens. Like those are really great experiences, but I never really feel like I need them. Right. But also too, I think you're, I think people's definition of romance changes as we get older. I think so too. And it becomes more about everyday things and not so much. What's your definition of romance? If you were to say, <sighs> I really don't know, Geneva. <laughs> like, like hearing you talk, I'm like, I've truly not experienced it ever. Oh, Really? Um, I mean, yeah, no. I mean, like, even, like, my my past boyfriends, they were really dramatic relationships. Mm. And they weren't great. I hate saying that because I, I want to I wanna be able to look back and go, oh, yeah, like, I experienced this and that. I mean, I had a guy drive me. I remember um, somewhat recently, um, all I wanted all summer was to go to the beach and a guy drove me to the beach in the middle of the night. That was kind of romantic. Aww. But that's very simple and like, and we weren't together and there was, you know, it was uh, romantic to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that it was to him, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I think like, I think everyday moments. I don't fucking know. I truly don't know. Oh, I don't. I'm like turning 34 and I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know if I was just lucky. Maybe I was just lucky that that's I don't what thi- happened. I don't think that, that I don't think it's about luck. I think it was about you being embracing opportunities. Mm. Yeah, probably. And just being super bubbly and open and welcoming and saying yes to saying really yes. stupid things. But yeah. And also like maybe there was some luck in, in, in meeting people like because I, I know for me. It just never really tends to match up like attractive. Like I'm never attracted to the people who are attracted to me. Mm. And that's the main issue mm. usually is that. And then usually if there is a mutual attraction, there's other factors that make it not happen. Right. So that's kind of the main challenge. Cool. Do you have the picture? We could go. No, I didn't find it. I have no idea where that is. It's probably lost for eternity. <laughs> I want to see it. So if you ever find it, please send it to me. I know. I have. So that was the longboard. Oh, I love it. That's at uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, clearly. I'm so happy. Oh, you know, with my credit hair. And then he would be the type that would take pictures of me. So, like, those were, like, the best pictures when they just kind of, like. See, that's romantic. Them. But honestly, he's not a good person. I mean, he's a, he's a nice enough person, but it was never going to. Uh, okay. be a thing. He's a narcissist, honestly. Okay, so yeah, not not everything that it seems. Kind of not everything that it seems. Yeah. It never would have worked out. It was fun for what it was, and I got hurt. I got really hurt, and I learned some lessons. But um, but the memories are there. How do you get over heartbreak? Um, I think it changes the older you get. Mm. I mean, 
I think there's always the natural. There's TikToks out there about the heartbreak phases. Yeah. It's like sadness, hoe phase, and then um, <laughs> independent phase or something like that. Yeah. I just give myself a lot of time to get yeah. over heartbreak. But I never, I will never still say no to things, even if I'm hurting. Like, rarely will I be like, I need this time to figure out who I am. Because I believe that while you're out meeting people, you're finding who you are. So long as you're not out there hurting anybody mm. or putting your damage on people, right. um, you can continue to build relationships while you're still yeah and while I mean, you're that's, still healing and that's like a, you know a fucking good twist on you gotta love yourself before anyone else can love you and it's like mm, yeah you can love yourself enough yeah we don't have to fully be a hundred percent no because i don't think anyone ever truly is nobody will ever truly be 100 percent. so that's putting themselves. an unrealistic unreal- expectation on yourself mm-hmm. um that you're only going to put pressure on yourself to find someone else. Like, it's just, it, it makes, I hate that cliche. I know. And it's, it's such like. a stupid cliche. And we, and we, and that's what, whenever I say, like, what's your biggest dating advice on my podcast? That's usually what people say is, like, figure out yourself, heal yourself, whatever it may be. And I get it. I understand yeah. it. And I, under you know, I get it. But, gosh, I don't know. There's just so many people that are, are running away, too. Yeah. from the hurt and to do that you're just removing human connection for your life from your life and that's fear-based and nothing amazing comes to you when you live in fear that's true so many people just yeah they don't want to even risk getting hurt again yeah which is their prerogative and if they want to do it and they want to come out cautiously and they want to do it that way sure go right ahead but um you gotta put yourself out there Gotta, you gotta embrace those opportunities as they come. Because you never know who's actually gonna be the one or who's gonna be the one that sweeps you off your feet. And if you don't have those experiences, are you ever gonna know mm. when the right thing comes along? So true. Mm-hmm. So fucking true. Look at you uh, right now. You just totally went off into the distance there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, yeah, it's just a lot to think about. So, okay. So that was, I don't know what number he was. So California. <laughs> He was just a couple of years ago, honestly. Yeah, that's that's, takes, that takes us up pretty recent. Yeah, that's pretty recent. So, like, that's also something I want to talk about is, like, the best dating years and the highest quality men were between 30 and now. And it's even getting higher and higher quality. Like, the current guy that I'm dating right now is super high quality. High And I'm quality. like, yes, thank you. I never would have been able to land him five years ago, three years ago. No way. So what shifted? So you said that you were a man hitter because you were dealing with hurt. Mm. Um, and then your mindset shifted. And th- is that when you start the business? Or did you actually start matchmaking while still a man hitter? I started the business while I was still a man hater. I started speed dating. I mean, it was speed dating. What kind of damage would a man hater do with speed dating? But yeah. <laughs> no, I was a super man hater for the first six months of this business of doing the event six months yeah it was truly honestly when i learned the most was when i started to sit down for people with matchmaking that i realized that men and women are all looking for the same thing they're looking for happiness but i always thought that men were more shallow that men cared about just this and just that but in the grand scheme of things women and men are the same in what they're looking for Mm. it's really just somebody who i mean we're all looking for somebody who's attractive so let's not play that that's not important or and when she says that she means attractive to us. Yes. So, like, there's conventionally attractive. Yes. And one big thing that I, a rule of Sarah, no, you never bash what a friend is never. into. Never. I fucking hate that. I don't know why I people hate, do that. I hate that. And, like, 
And it's part of this whole you can do better mentality that I think female friends can have sometimes where it's like you can do so much better than him. And it's just like, well, what are you basing that off of? Yeah. Because if you're basing it off of how he treats me, fair enough. Yeah. But if you're literally basing it off of like your snap judgment of a person based on their looks or like how like meeting them maybe once or what you think you would want to date. I think a lot of it is like I wouldn't date him. So why should you? Why should you? Right. And like and they have like an image in their mind of like who you should be with but it's like jesus christ like i've been told everything i've been told your standards are too high your Mm -hmm. standards are too low you don't have standards like i was just like and then like i've i've shown people guys i've been involved with and i've heard you can do better i'm like well what the fuck what am i doing they just say that (laughs) do they say that because they love you they say that because they don't know what else to say and and that's and that's a huge huge part of it it's it's all rooted in good intentions yeah but i just feel like especially with physical stuff mm. never fucking yuck someone's yum no you know? <laughs> oh, i know don't do that don't yuck someone's yum if, if someone's if your friend is happy yeah let them be happy and let them be fucking turned on by this guy that you you're not into yeah. or you don't think it's cute you know and if like, you see stuff that's coming up that's going to be a problem let them make those mistakes themselves too mm-hmm. And we all know that if we actually say anything about somebody's boyfriend or partner or what have you, it's never going to be good for that friendship either. I've been thinking about that lately, about like, if you do see your friend unhappy and, legit- yes. and legitimately feeling and like, they, des- wrong. like yes. that they deserve better, like, do you say anything and how do you say that? And like, what, um, how, like, and I'm always like, I take the podcaster route. Yeah. <laughs> Which is ask questions. Yeah. How's the relationship going? Mm-hmm. You seem you seem like you don't talk about him a lot. Like, how are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like, like almost open up the door for them to bring it to the table kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, you got to hold the space. That's something that I've done. Like, when I was younger, I would be like, this is what my thought. Like, everything that you just said, I've done. So, <laughs> I, like, we've all right? done this. So, yeah, same. But it wasn't until it was done to me where I went... Well, why are you judging me based on what I'm attracted to? Yeah. So now I do. I'm like you. I hold space. Mm-hmm. I allow them because all of the other friends are going to tell them the same thing. Yeah. But if you're that one space that they can come to where they know it's no judgment. Right. They're going to talk themselves out of it mm-hmm. while they're with you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, man. I love this. We're going into so much. I, I, yeah. I love it so much. And yeah. so six months into spe- into the business, you mm. were still a man hater and you were doing speed dating events. Yeah. And like, what was that like doing these events and also having this like negative? Well, it was hard too because oh, look. With, spe- with speed dating, the women would sell out and the men I'd had to beg to come. Um, so again, like the man hater almost duplicated with that because I'm like, how lazy are these dudes that they (laughs) can't even buy a freaking ticket ahead of time? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So that exacerbated it. It did. Uh, but I think it was the matchmaking. And when I started reading a lot to get into the dating coaching, I started devouring a ton of dating coaching books and a lot about learning about men that I realized that they just they just love differently. They communicate differently. They they they're, they're actually very sensitive, amazing, beautiful creatures too. Um, and society and what the expectations of society have put on them have have created this hard shell. Yeah. Um, but it's so it's such a beautiful thing when you can actually and I said this twice, but hold space for a man that can actually open up to you. Yeah. About what he wants and what he looks for. I see it every day when we get a new client through the door and I actually just allow him to speak on what it is that he wants. 
Yeah, at the very beginning, depending on the guy, we'll go into looks and we'll go into age and we'll go into all that stuff. But deep down, they just truly Uh, want somebody who will care for them, want somebody who will say that they're proud of him, will, um, you know, allow him to provide, will allow him to love her properly, mm -hmm. will allow him to give. Oh, I like that part. Yeah. That's really cool. But that's all they that's all they truly do, truly want. And if there's any guys listening here, make a comment or do something because I know that you agree with this. And also, if we were yes. to talk about that, and I know you see this on TikTok a lot, if a man comments on these desires or anything that's against um, what the dialogue of women have of men in their mind, if they talk on it, they get ripped to shreds. So they just don't speak on it. Mm. So how are we ever going to learn if nobody's speaking on it? Very, very true. How are we not going to learn how they want to be loved, what they want to do if we're not speaking? And yes, there's a lot of horrible men out there that have done horrible things to women. Like we're not even going going to say that that hasn't happened. It happens a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of things that men do in this world that's horrible. But there are so many amazing men out there that are getting dragged through the mud. So true. Yeah. So it was that realization for me that really humbled me big time. Damn. And look, because you're digging into people, you are really getting to know people. Yeah. And that's more than a lot of people can say. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I truly think social media and like, if you look at, say, someone's social media presence and you judge them, like you're getting the tip of the iceberg of who people are. Yeah. It's when you sit down and you have a face to face conversation for like an hour or even a, even a half hour, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you dig into who they are, like you can really know them. Yeah. And you've done that with matchmaking and that's why it's been so successful because you you've paired people up based on that yeah that's wild yeah and there's like this feeling that you get i don't know if you've ever felt it where you can um remove all that negative that those negative feelings it's just literally washes over your body one day like Mm -hmm. you wake up and a man does something that would piss you off that 10 years ago or five years ago or three years ago you would have been like oh men suck and now you're just like oh this is why he's doing that yeah this is where it's coming from yeah oh yeah i find that feel falls out of your body those feelings of hatred those feelings of yeah that's so true Mm -hmm. understanding where it comes from yeah is a big thing and not to react not like we're so quick to react and judge we are so quick to react and judge just to take that moment of like deep breaths deep breaths and certainly don't make excuses no no for men which i think women can do sometimes unfortunately um and that can be tough (laughs) yeah (laughs) to navigate that yeah but oh, it's a journey. It is a journey. So I, I would challenge all women to just truly start educating themselves. Alison Armstrong's amazing. Alison Armstrong. Yeah, okay. she's on Audible. She does. She's got a couple books out. She just basically talks about uh, the opposite sex, why they differ, and she gets into the deeps of it. And it gives you. I love shit like that. Yeah, Alison Armstrong. She it's pretty pricey, but I think an Audible membership it will cover all that stuff Ooh, for you so i would recommend her big time oh my gosh yeah. damn because nobody teaches us anymore that's the thing is that we were you know back in the day we were community based so we were taught this from our uncles and our moms would teach us oh this is why your father's behaving this way this is why your brother's behaving this way but now we don't have that we come in these small family units and we're just not learning about the opposite sex and why they do what they do and it's so damn important and understanding like even just chemically mm. how we mm. like even just like orgasms like it's different between men and women. Yeah. Yeah. Because men when they orgasm they literally are like 
can you just go away for five minutes? They're outputting like like yeah. yeah. But we have like five times the nerves down there. Yeah. And also we le- release a lot of oxytocin, which connects us chemically to that man. Yep. Even if we're not actually connected to them. Isn't that wild? We will emotionally be connected, like chemically be connected to them. We'll want all the cuddles and he'll be like, just give me a minute. And it's just like, yeah, it's a thing. So insane. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So for yourself, mm. you talk a lot about being a woman of value. Mm. I want to get into that. Yeah. Because that is one of my favorite things that you kind of teach. Oh, cool. Um, and and one thing I gotta say too, like if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with Geneva's services, like mm-hmm. you, it's not just like speeding events or like dating right, events. Yeah. Like you do so much on individual mindset of mm-hmm. men and women mm-hmm. that is like so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and the women of value thing is interesting because it's really had an effect on me. And it truly, like, I will make decisions sometimes and go, "That's not being a woman of value." Yeah, and like I can hear your little voice in my. <laughs> Yeah, in my in my head. Okay, and so you you talk a lot about being a woman of value and living for your purpose. Yes, what what does that look like? So being a woman of value is a couple different things, and it's shifted for me as I've done research and as I've kind of gone through it. But being a woman of value, number one, is integrity. Yeah, this is not putting up with bad behavior. Um, super important in early stage relationships and really hard to do. Yeah. Um, so having the, so of course there's confidence, integrity. I used to talk about femininity, but less so lately because I believe the feminine and masculine is all very fluid. Yeah. I actually agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I used to really focus on that and not, never have it in my heart as something. Yeah. 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 That's trying to get into a box that you don't fit into. Yeah, it really, truly is. And like, although when I'm out dating, so just to talk about femininity, um, I believe that it's super fluid in the fact that when I'm a business owner running my business, I live in my masculine because to get shit done. Masculine is getting shit done. It is. Feminine is receiving. And so when I move into the dating world, like if I were to go on a date... I need to take a minute and put myself into my feminine. Same. Yes. I mean, I'm still very masculine because I can be both, but I do allow myself. And I love living in my feminine, too. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. If you can tap into that. Yeah. But you're right. That workaholic energy, entrepreneur energy, stand up energy, very Mm. masculine, Mm -hmm. very masculine thing to do. Comedy. Um and then like that that transition is always very weird and I think yeah I think people don't always take the time to like embrace that transition into their masculine and feminine. No, they don't because they don't understand the power of it. Like mm. our a woman's biggest power when it comes to dating and men is our femininity. Yeah. And it's funny because I never have to explain what femininity is to men, but I have to explain it to women. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Men know exactly what femininity is and why it's so powerful. Women are like, "Do you mean I have to wear a dress and makeup?" I'm like, "No." That's not what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're like, what does it mean? Yeah, <laughs> you're well, like, yeah, well yeah, that's yeah, interesting because I was gonna say, do do a lot of women have different ideas as to what that is, or is it more about an energy and not so much a aesthetic? It's more of an energy yeah. and not an aesthetic. Yeah, I truly I don't agree. think it's an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in putting yourself together for a date, being the best version of yourself. I know when I look at online dating profiles, their first picture uh, has no makeup and they're like, I want him to see what I look like all the time. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, thank you. Thank you, Geneva. Can we hear it for the people in the back, please? Thank you. 
Also, I'm like, lols, I wear makeup every day. This is how I look every day. <laughs> but we need a little bit of a glam shot to have that first that first picture. It's got to be a glam Absolutely, shot. Absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, I think I think it's cool to include ones without it, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know I would totally agree. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a lot of men don't usually put their best foot forward with no. apps unfortunately they and don't. that's a big problem and the reason that they do that is because with men they feel if they have to put effort in with dating then they're they're feeling like they're less of a man yep that's been a struggle of mine because um the male ego which you know keeps them alive <laughs> is like i don't need any help especially yeah. when it comes to dating because when you're in a group of dudes and there's one guy that has a hard time with dating he is razzed to death he is razzed and razzed and razzed and he feels less and less masculine and less and less like the alpha or any kind of like hierarchy in that group that for them to go to a matchmaker or go to a dating or a speed dating event or even put any effort into online dating yeah. shows that he's he needs help or something. And needing help is is feminine. Is feminine. And not masculine. And, not so masculine. Not and he should know how to do this already, even Ugh. though nobody teaches it ever in school or anything. So where are these guys learning it from? Who knows? Father figures, probably like the media. Media. Movies. Porn. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on that. I've, I've quit porn. <laughs> Did you quit porn? I truly, I truly rarely watch it now. That's amazing. How yeah, does it feel? It, it, I mean, like, it's okay. Um, I just... I have trouble getting horny now that I'm not watching it. You have trouble now? Even <laughs> yeah. when you're with somebody? I don't feel like I have a sex drive currently. Oh. Do you think that has to do with porn? I don't know. Maybe it's just... I'm just not really being in my body. Yeah. That could be very well at, like, just not taking the time to slow down and mm-hmm. and feel. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a huge part. It's coming, girl. Yeah, hopefully. Slow down and feel. Hopefully. That's true. I got, I got, I got will find love later in life energy. Okay. That's what. Well, you know what? You're going to be a hot 40 year old. Like, let's <laughs> oh, not even play. And by the way, you should see these creatures that walk through our door at the matchmaking when they're 40 and 50. They are the most beautiful creatures. Salt and peppers. Women and men. It's amazing. Like, oh my gosh. When they're, like, girls are pretty, but when there's a beautiful 50-year-old, she is beautiful. Right, right. Oh, right. Like, lives a life. Like, yeah. like is wise. So interesting. And like, and like, classy. That was like, um, when I did your wing woman workshop i mm. found it the most interesting was talking to the older women wasn't that so enlightening yeah like the ones like who've been divorced and like they're just like i just want someone to have fun with them. like literally <laughs> like, they just want to have sex like we're talking about the five most valuable qualities the women over 50 are like sex <laughs> sex is what i want and we're like oh i'll have this i'll have that not that big of a deal but yeah yeah i actually was talking to a 72 year old man on the phone today no way my preconceived notion of what that conversation was going to be he completely blew me out of the water he was sharp as a tack he knew exactly what he wanted he was easy to talk to he was and he showed me a picture of him and he's handsome and i'm like 72 wow i am shocked all the time ageism is a thing that we need to talk about oh big time yeah Big time. We always like go to the lowest common denominator and think that that's what it is. It's the almost the most important time to have somebody mm-hmm. because you're approaching the end of your life. Um, I, I, I do a podcast, Canadian Love Map, and our most recent episode was this beautiful story of this couple who were high school sweethearts. Oh, uh, had this like two year of romance, kind of similar, like like 
you know, high school romance and then the guy went off and mm-hmm. got a job and then didn't come back for a year. And so they parted ways uh, and they both lived their lives. They mm-hmm. both got married, had kids. 65 years later, <gasps> no. reunited oh. uh, because of their brothers, like, were at a nursing home together and like connected them again. No, and they both had lost their partners, so she called him the day after Valentine's Day to console him, being like, "I know you lost your wife. I lost my husband. I know how it feels. You're not alone." Oh, they start this like phone romance, talking on the phone for hours, and then like she went and visited him in like Ontario, and they got freaking married within three months. Oh, and now they're together and happy. And he fucking serenaded her on the podcast. It was. It was, it's like, but like, even that just there, like, like they have nothing bad to say about their former. No. Like, they're just like, literally like, this is the multiple soulmates thing again, right? Mm-hmm. Like the timing thing. Yeah. And, um, that's what we all want. Like, no one wants to fucking die alone. No, no. one. No. no one. No. Well, there's Find another book that came out that I was listening to. Was, I forget what the podcast was. How to Not Die Alone. How to Not Die Alone. What was that podcast? Was it, was it Jared Fruits? Uh, it was J-, J Train. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's where I heard it. I can't remember. Maybe she was on another podcast. Someone though. sent it to me. She is. Yeah, she's like the director of Hinge or something like that, mm-hmm. which is my favorite app, by the way. And um, yeah, it was a really. I haven't. I haven't listened to it yet or read it yet. But. I think it's similar to what you've been doing with the compound data. I agreed with everything she said on the podcast. That's for sure. She was talking about statistics. It's all statistics based when we think about it. Like yeah. everybody says, it's not a numbers game. I'm like, bitch, it it's is. a numbers game. It is. It's a numbers game. Um, yeah. Damn. People say that it's not a numbers name just so that they don't remove the romance from it, but it's a numbers game. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it is what it is. And that's what it is. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So you are now in a relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's been five months, so. But you're, you're, you're in a relationship. That's mm. five months is like almost half a year. That's, yeah. That's commendable in my it's mind. true. Thank you. Um, how did this happen? <laughs> Through compound dating. <laughs> so I actually, the, between the first lockdown and our second lockdown in the summer, I've been so cavalier about COVID, you guys. Oh, my God. I think if anybody follows me, they know that I've been really cavalier. But we're so blessed to live in Nova Scotia. Yeah. I think really if we are. were like, whenever we have a lockdown or whenever we have more cases, I'm like, okay, let's chill out. Yeah, but the minute there's yeah, you nothing, just watch it. You yeah, just watch it. Just watch it. Absolutely, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, like I do, I do stand up, so we're also quick cavalier too. Yes, <laughs> we do wipe the mic. Oh, That's good. One thing we do. That's one step above. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We do what we have to do. Exactly. To keep things going. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I wanted to test out the compound dating technique prior to teaching it. Yeah. Um, and I honestly don't know if I expected to meet him, but I kind of wanted to enjoy the process. I actually teach this in all of my wing woman boot camps now. I teach the compound dating technique and I take them on the entire journey of who I met, what the date was like, their name, why we ended, why we kept going, whatever it was. Do you keep a spreadsheet? Uh, pretty much as a spreadsheet. Oh, at the time I didn't keep up a spreadsheet because I just talked to so many people. My brain is really sharp on who I'm talking to and whatever. Right. But I met 33 people. In three months, three, 33 first dates with men, Damn. talking to hundreds to get that many out. And um, yeah, that's where I met my guy. We actually started talking on Hinge somewhere around the first month. He doesn't know any of this, you guys, by I the way, this. which is why I'm not going to say his name. 
and uh, who's to say if he's going to listen. I actually, I asked him not to listen to any of my stuff. We were talking about this before. I yeah. love that quality. And yeah. someone to just be like, I know you do this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. I'll stay out. Like, it's like such a good boundary, I think, to put up. I think it is, too. I think it's really important. And he actually has gotten to know me for me. And yeah. now that he's starting to dabble in the stuff he does, it's almost like he doesn't like it. Really? Yeah. It's almost like he's like, well, you know, I kind of like the the Geneva I know compared to the Geneva oh, that is. Is there a big difference? I don't know if there's a big difference. Um, I think he chills me out a lot. Right. Like when we spend time together, I can like fully go into my feminine, which you talked about. I can fully go into my feminine and I can, I can, I don't have to lead the conversation. I don't have to lead a group. I don't have to be the knowledge so I can just you're good at talking and listening oh good which I think I feel like with some talkers like they're only good talkers yeah and some listeners like they're only good like but you transition really good from like this mode to like earlier when I was fucking talking your ear off in the kitchen yeah you know like you're really good and that's like a lot of people do have to be good at that it's an interesting thing that like you have a podcast you're you're doing tiktoks like you're you're out there mm-hmm. um it's always interesting to me that idea of authenticity and like when you're your true self and what is your true self and mm-hmm. can your true self be the one that you're putting out there yeah it's or is it just a less public version of you i, I think it's like you're on and you're off that's what i think it is yeah that could be it like for me i think it's like when i'm on i'm on and i'm going buck while and like you better not get in my way because i'm organizing this i'm planning this this is happening and so but when i'm off i can allow other people to lead i can allow them to take charge i can allow them to do that but if i'm on and they try it's not gonna work out well do you have trouble turning on and off no Mm. but there are times where like i'll go i'll go and hang out with him and i'll be like woo ramped and then <laughs> and then it takes like two or three hours to kind of chill out and like sitting in his pretty car and just like <laughs> chilling while he drives me places i'm like this is so much fun that's so interesting so you've truly found someone that is kind of like a little vacation he's a little bit va- yeah when you're with him that's a like, good point i never thought about that but like yeah. it's it's like a, a like a sigh of relief he allows me to be lazy Oh, that's so nice. Because that's not... I think foundationally I'm very, very lazy, but I haven't been for years that I think I'm allowed to be lazy around him and I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's what I used to be growing up. My family, we were just very, like, tight-knit. There was five of us, me, two older brothers, and my parents. Super tight-knit, lived in the country, and we were lazy. Like, Like, we chilled a lot. Yeah. And then when I came out to be a businesswoman and I just go, 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 go all the time, I forgot that I love that. Yeah. And also something cool about him that I haven't experienced before is that I knew like when we started, first of all, we related on everything, like everything. Like Like agreed on, like we've agreed on pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we disagree on some stuff, but, and we also have very complimentary personalities in the fact that I don't like to research. And so I'll literally be like, Hey, can you like, (laughs) this is something I want to learn about. And then he'll sit down, he'll research it for the week. And then we'll sit down on the weekend and he'll be like, this is what this means. And I'm like, cool. Damn. So super complimentary there. He knows all about tax law. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that comes in handy. It comes in handy big time. Big time. And uh, I know that he also has um, the mindset to grow a relationship. Mm. So he doesn't have like one foot out the door. 
Um, like he, I feel like, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but he's fully invested in seeing where this goes. Mm. Like I have no doubt that he would ever cheat. I have no doubt that he would ever be talking to other people. Was, I might be wrong, but was, um, so you met, so you initially met on hinge. Mm-hmm. What were the first couple dates like? So it's interesting because I met him on Hinge somewhere around the first month of me starting the compound dating technique, which was still building momentum. He was traveling around places. So we were going to have a first date. I actually canceled on our first date. <laughs> so and I never do that ever. <laughs> what, what, what I was, was dating so much. Oh, oh this is another person? No, it wasn't another person. I was actually out visiting my niece in the valley. Oh, okay. And totally I was like, oh, I'll be back um, for the evening on Sunday. Let's meet up. And then the, ev- the, the visit with the niece was going really well. And I'm like, oh, you're so right. I won't be back in time. Right. He's like, no problem. He then goes off to Amsterdam um for work and then he comes back and quarantines right so quarantine means that you're talking sometimes longer with people so he and i actually talked for uh a month and a half before we ever met just uh text or phone text never once talked on in person actually when he was away we just stopped communicating completely and then when he got back he reached out and he's like i'm back i'm like cool but i was dating other people like i was actually nine dates in and almost in a relationship with this other dude Shut the fuck when up. he reached out again really yeah yeah and but because i was compound dating and the the premise of compound dating is that you're dating multiple people but you're not sleeping with anybody love it and when you decide to sleep with somebody you commit to them and so God, i love this shit so much yeah it's genius yeah and it's, it's genius yeah and we've talked about it before don't fucking sleep with someone right away no don't. there's no need to don't do it uh, oh I mean, God. if you're having fun, I think I just, I think I just triggered someone who I know might. Oh, so sorry for the trigger. Um, I and I don't mean that in a slut shaming way at all. Um, I guess what no. I mean is, if you're truly looking for a relationship, yes, um, it's going to be worth the wait, and it and it's going to be worth that little extra effort. Because number one, fucking sexual tension is awesome, and yep. so building that shit up is just going to make it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it's like yeah, that commitment, mm-hmm. like finding a guy who can wait, like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And that was the coolest thing, too, is that, like, when he and I first started dating, um, he rose to every single, he rose to every single standard that I had. And I didn't have a high amount of standards. I mean, he could probably tell you that. But I would also challenge him, like, that integrity point coming out, being a high-value woman, I would challenge him when he did something that I didn't think was in accordance to what my standards were. Mm-hmm. And he, one huge thing that I know is going to be pivotal in whatever, wherever this relationship goes is that anything I say about like, hey, this is frustrating me about this. I never attack. I never like you do this. You do that. I'm like, this is what's frustrating me about this right now. Um, He like wants to talk about it then and there. And he wants to fix it. Ah, right then and there. And at that moment, (sighs) the first time that that happened, I was like, ooh, (laughs) no, can we talk about this later? No, it was none of that. Ah. And I remember what it was. I actually did a little bit of a freak out, which was an anxious quality, by the way. Ooh. I did one of these text messages with nobody should do. So if you ever, if you ever put mm-hmm. this together, if I could ever find it, um, I would never be able to find I it. I feel so like I already back. know the message, but what would it be? I'm just trying to think. So what, 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 what was the context leading up to this? Um, so he was really busy at work that week and we only see each other about once a week. So he was really busy. I was really busy. It was Friday. We hadn't seen each other for since the previous weekend was it something like if you don't want to see me just let like just tell me <laughs> that's totally what it was <laughs> yes anxious oh, attachment 
I was an anxious. That is an anxious attachment style message. It's needy. It's it's your. It's yeah. And it's not bad, but I'm done so. It, it is bad. It just. It just. I love drips. that you're not perfect. I'm so happy that you're flawed. <laughs> Oh, I am not perfect. And if anybody's been in any of my workshops, you know I will tell you all the dumbass shit that I still do. And I'm considered an expert. Yeah, but that's but that's good because you know. Yeah. You've, you're, you've experienced it firsthand. Yeah, I still do it. Oh, I would never be able to find it. But it was God, basically so like, funny. listen, clearly you're not into me. Otherwise, you'd be making the time to see me, which is all of these things that we are yeah. fed, you know, with the fuck boys that's the thing is that the fuck boys that fuck us around all of this dating advice that we have to almost keep them in the loop for some stupid reason we throw that damage at these amazing non-fuck boys yep and we scare them away and they're not fuck boys and they're not fuck boys and their intentions are good yeah and was he just busy he was just busy. Yeah, he was just busy that week. And he's not a big texter. And we just, it was literally only two months in, maybe two and a half. So he really wasn't <laughs> invested. Like he, he wasn't, he shouldn't have been invested in me that much by then. Right. So Aww. anyhow, I remember calling him the next day because I'm like, well, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm busy. And then I messaged him and I'm like, listen, this is the type of woman I am. If blah, 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 I will walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, and then I called him the next day because I was so frustrated because I think he ended it with like a okay, whatever. And I was like, <laughs> so <laughs> that sound. Only so, dogs could hear that. I, I was like, what? <laughs> so then I called him up. I was like, I'm like, where are you right now? Oh no, I was like, oh sorry, I was super chill actually. I was like, so like, where are you right now? And he's like, oh, I'm at my parents. I was like, okay, cool, we'll talk later. He's like, no, Geneva, let's talk about this now. What are you talking about? So then, Aww. and yeah, then since then, everything that's come up. When you're in that anxious mode, what does that look like? Like, I can't picture. I trying to picture you anxious and freaking out over a guy, mm. and I think it's just because like, I guess I met you as a matchmaker, so I in a way do see you as the. All knowing Geneva, <laughs> who, who does no wrong, but like, are yeah. you? Do you get um, emotional? Like angry? Like what? What emotion comes out when you're feeling like someone's like dismissing you? Yeah, um, it's not emotional. I'm definitely not sad. That's good. Um, frustrated, angry, Pody? and to get pouty. No. Oh, okay. I will be challenging for sure. Just stay fast. I will. So this is where I kind of thought I confused it with being um, avoidant is Mm. I'll disappear. So like I will literally be like, okay, he does. He's not into me anymore. And then he'll message me and I'll disappear for 24 hours. So you, you probably have a combination. It's an anxious thing that I just sent, but then my reaction is avoidant. Is avoidant. Absolutely. Because see me, if that was me, I'd respond right away. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm full blown anxious. Yeah. I'm full blown. Don't leave. I want like... Even if I say something to push you away, it's because I want you here. Yeah. Um, I can literally sleep wild. really well when I'm what in anxious mode. I'll that's force myself to fall asleep. Wild. So I can avoid the text messaging exchange. Is Do you know what, what's your highest attachment oh, I percentage? I don't know. I think it's like even across all of it. You should do it now that you're in a new relationship. I should do it now that I'm in a new relationship. And I've actually... And that's the thing is that when we do those tests prior to not being in a relationship for a while... It's all about conflict, mm-hmm. right? So now that we're in conflict, that's when it truly comes out. Oh, that's truly when your attachment style shows. Yes. Yeah. And this can be, and it's not just um, 
Romantic. It's friendships. Friendships. Family. Business. Ooh, family. Ooh. Business. Business. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in business, I'm really bad at like, because I have so many people coming through. Yeah. And they're so emotional that like, bam, you, I'm just done. It's so avoidant in business. But that's good that you have that because that's the sign of a good business woman. Yeah. That you, you can have you that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Attachment style. Do you know his attachment style? Pretty sure it's secure. Maybe slightly. If there's anything, it would be avoidant. Okay. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I don't think it is. I think mm. he's the freak of nature that's fully secure. God damn. I know. I know. It's that's crazy. Wild. But I am becoming more secure in all of my choices moving forward too, which um, I would never have done. And I've said this to him a couple times, like. I did like a last Friday evening, a couple evenings ago, I was like, I'm coming over and he's like, okay. So then I laid in bed and I was like, okay, so this is what's going on. What's going on here? Normally I would never do that. I would have just disappeared. I would have gotten more and more angry, but I made myself go and see him and have that hard conversation. Was it about you or the relationship? The relationship Mm. or just something in the relationship that I wasn't meeting my needs. Okay. Yeah. You brought it to the table. I brought it to the table, which I normally would not do. And he Which is ate why the I've meal. been single. And he ate the meal. And we <laughs> talked about it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And poor guy. It's just like, Geneva, just be happy. <laughs> just stop bringing stuff up. And I am. I'm so happy. But but what people have to understand is that, like, anytime you enter a new, new relationship, like, you are taking so much shit with you from, like, your life mm. and, like, your past relationships and, mm-hmm. like, your past habits mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. I'd rather someone lay them out and explain them rather than like for it to come out in weird ways or like weird resentful ways yeah well one trend that i'm seeing which is interesting is that i'm having less and less of those conversations as it goes on because we're becoming more secure Secure with with each each other other. yeah whereas prior to learning all this stuff three years ago which was when my last relationship full relationship was was five years ago i guess yeah five years ago anyhow it would have been the first three months was just this whirlwind amazingness nothing yeah. was brought up because everybody's so perfect and then bam six months in you're like you have no idea how to communicate with one another yeah yeah you're all all like that honeymoon up. phase all this stuff comes up yeah it's um i wanted to ask you this because you've you've said before that you you encourage being really open early on mm-hmm. about things mm-hmm. and i was wondering about that because i find my biggest challenge is being an oversharer. Okay. And I get such vulnerability hangovers mm. that it's like a really weird thing to do mm. to to share a lot right away. And now, then, what are you talking then, about right away? Like I'm talking third date start sharing. I was on a date once and I think about this date all the time. How did I meet this this person? Was it online Tinder or something? It might have been Tinder or Hinge or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we full blown were getting into like our mental illnesses. Oh. <laughs> First date? <laughs> First date. It was a long date. date. It was like a three hour date. Okay. Uh, like we hit it off. We were having good conversation. And like it didn't go anywhere. And then I walked away from that going, and I just shared my soul with someone. Yeah. <laughs> But that's hard because like that is the vulnerable stuff. Yeah. But it's not a mixture for romance. Mm. So like that's good stuff. Like that's a connection. That's something beautiful that you don't want to discount. Right. But there just wasn't romance there. But you have it was to have probably... a romantic foundation built prior to that. Yeah. So there's kind of an art to, I guess, sharing and 
and and choosing what you share and so when and when and even like uh like even just like the example of you like you have a podcast and like you do tiktoks and stuff and you you haven't shared a lot about your personal life no um is there a reason why or like are you just kind of choosing the right avenue to do that I don't know. I just don't know if I've actually been vulnerable in that way, especially to an audience before. Right. right. So it is quite wild and unheard of and there's no training for it. Right. Nope. So, I mean, I share little tidbits and I'm super honest on all the dumb stuff that I've done, but I've never gone into a deep story of it all Mm. because it's a long ass life and there's a lot that's happened. There's a lot that's happened with you. Yeah. So I don't know. And there's like, everything's a journey. Like my whole life is broken up into chapters, little two year chapters because I've never not lived like nothing. Never have I looked back on a year and it was the exact same year as that year I just lived. And that's how I've always wanted to live. So, like, yeah, it's something that you're gonna. I'm gonna write a biography when I'm 60, and then everybody's be like, "Oh my god, I had no idea." Maybe that will be it. You gotta, keep, you gotta start writing because. Oh, like, you should see my journal. You have a lot. Yeah, it's fun. I'm curious about the confidence side because mm. um, this is a subject that comes up a lot. Mm. Uh, Self love, loving yourself, getting that confidence because, like. We both know it's fucking complicated. Fake mm-hmm. it till you make it only goes so far. I always yeah. say that, that there's value in fake it till you make it. Yeah. But it is most certainly not everything. No. And it can make you crash and burn if you are faking it too much. Yeah. For something really important, for sure. How have you gotten to this point of being this, like, confident, mm. badass woman? I know a lot clearly, of people You clearly are very secure in yourself. Yeah. Uh, to do number one to do what you do and yeah. do it so well mm-hmm. um so how'd you get there i was born quite confident so <laughs> let's not out the womb i came out the womb shaking the oh. doctor's hand being like what up bro <laughs> you know actually like my grade five teacher is like she's got the greatest posture like she's so confident <laughs> like just out the womb with the libra energy right away libra energy right away and then my mom was really amazing at building us up Oh, that's so important. So when we were young, we were built up big time, but not in such a way that the world would destroy us because my dad will pull us down. It Love you, dad. But like in a good way, he's not listening because we're talking about sex. So <laughs> I, we lost him at minute 20. And um, but he would kind of like humble us in an interesting way, too. So we had the both dynamics of the real world and then the loving, nurturing mother kind of thing. So mm. that kind of bred a lot of confidence as well. My true actual identity of self-love identity, who I was becoming was after that relationship that I haven't spoken of yet. But it was when I finished my university, which was far too much education for no reason at all I sold everything that I owned all of my clothes all of my everything I packed a bag I used to tree plant in the summer to pay for university or just have fun basically and I moved into a tent in the middle of nowhere and I had no decision I was never thinking of coming back to Nova Scotia I thought I was never going to come back I was going to be out there forever and that's going to be the life I'm living not tree planting but out west and then Basically, I had to get the hard knocks. Like I came out of university super idealistic, like everybody does, super idealistic. And basically, I was working in oil and gas and I was up north with all these really rough dudes. And if you're a dummy, they're going to tell you you're a dummy. Right. You got to rough it. Oh, you got to rough it. There was uh, my first place. I was at Stat Oil in Conklin. If anybody's up there, listen, knows what that is. There is all men on a 300 man camp. And I was one of two women. 
Um, the other women are up there looking for husbands, basically. There's a lot of professional women up there as well, but um, currently in this camp, they were just there looking for their husbands. And so people would knock on my door being like, how much, how much? And all this kind of Damn. stuff. Yeah. It was weird. And the guys I was working with had a wager to see who could make me cry first. What the fuck? And so they were all treating me like absolute shit for the first 55 days. I thought male comedians were bad. That's even worse. Well, because I wasn't sleeping with anybody. So they're like, okay, so there's no protection there. Right? I was there purely for professional reasons. I think that's, I'm sure there was more to it. Anyhow, so that was fun. So that was humbling. Mm. But also the buildup from that to become a really great geomatics professional. They brought me into the office. I was doing very well. I was very talented. And so that built a lot of confidence in the fact that I didn't have to run to mom and dad. Yeah. For money you didn't or have support. A clutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually built myself. So that was just putting myself way outside my comfort zone to build that confidence. Ooh, and that's a scary decision to make. It's a con- you have to that's a confident decision to make. You have to have foundational confidence to even just do that to become more confident. I truly yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that was fun. Holy smokes. Yeah. So it's the in, the fierce independence, do you think that is a yeah. defining factor for you? But then I went completely the other way, mm. which is I became so fiercely independent that I could never let someone else take care of you. No. Or, or even just let anybody else into my life. Oh, there's like a wall up. There was a big time wall up. And I was really proud of the confidence that I created. And it was, I think it was based on, um, I guess it was a trauma response is what I'm learning now is that, uh, that insane confidence or sorry, that insane independence is a trauma response to not being able to rely on anybody, which I wasn't able to the, for the first five years in Calgary. And so that was like a trauma response that I created, which then turned into man hating. Oh my gosh. I think we're coming full circle right <gasps> now. Okay. Yeah. So you became fiercely independent because you never want to be in a situation where you were rel- like had to rely on anyone. Exactly. Probably. Yeah. Perhaps it's like you're a psychologist or something. That's I, I love this shit. Yeah. I, I love it so much. Yeah. I didn't really want to rely. I, I literally couldn't rely on anybody um, mm. at that time. And so, yeah, that's where the fierce independence came from. What in your mind back then would have been the worst thing that could have happened if you did rely on someone? <laughs> that I probably wouldn't have been the badass independent woman that I wanted to be. Because it's a sign of weakness, right? It's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was me being like, oh, I need I need to actually ask for help. Like, I can't do everything myself, but I can right. do everything myself. That's such a thing. Like, that but whole, like, like the, the... Yeah. I can do this on my own. Like, like I'm, I'm the baby in the family. So, like, my parents literally will never see me as an adult. Yeah. Like, I could be... 45 and owning a house and like they would still be like well do you know how to pay your bills like like, <laughs> like, like, like they hold my hand through everything and i and i don't like it uh and it's a big issue for me and so yeah. like asking for now and it's the same thing asking for help mm. hate doing it would rather try to figure it out on my own first at i least. still have a hard time doing it oh my god it's hard mm-hmm. you'd rather figure it out on your own first well even just to say that i tried yeah yeah but, like, at some point, we know how to do so much that we can just decide that we don't have to do it. <laughs> like, technically, we do know. Like, I know how to change my winter tires. I know how to change my oil. I know how to do all that kind of cool stuff. And it was fun when I was trying to be a badass woman. But now I'm like, I don't even want to do it anymore. Because you're you're just like, yeah, I know I could. But, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do it. But yeah. that's, like, um, your live event. Like, mm. Like, I knew. I was like. I want her to fucking enjoy this. 
<laughs> you saved my life at that live event. I don't know what I would have done, honestly. Like, that was a moment of, like, again, workaholic. Um, Can I tell you honesty woman. right now? Yeah. I hated that live event. Oh, let's talk about it. Can I we talk did about not. It? I know it's not, it's not even coming out. It hasn't come out yet. But, like, I didn't like it. I wanted. I, I was going to talk about this off mic with you, but if you want to unpack it now, let's do it. Yeah. So what? Okay. So well, let's actually say. So you. This was your first live event for Book of Love. Yes. Um, and it was at Pickford and Black. Yes. And I offered my help because I knew what it was like for me doing my first like podcast live event mm-hmm. and teetering that line between host and event planner, which mm-hmm. is like you want to be on as a host. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like make sure all these details are taken care of. So I was like, let me help you live stream it. And you know, we, we worked it all out, but like, yeah, I remember thinking that you deserved better. Yeah. From what you got. Yeah. I didn't like it because I found people talked through it Mm. too much Mm. when they should have been listening to the conversation, Mm. but I don't necessarily think that like a restaurant is the, a good environment for that. Yeah, they were there having dinner and stuff like that. I don't think it was so much the talking that I didn't like. Um, I didn't like the fact that I wasn't fully prepared for it. You didn't seem unprepared. Oh, really? I didn't feel prepared at what, all. What, what made you think that you weren't? I don't know. Just I don't know. I everything is so perfect. Like my events are so perfectly run because I've done so many of them. Mm. It's probably just a first event. It thing. could be. Yeah, it could be, like, your perfectionism coming out. Probably. Probably that. And, like, I mean, when I listen to it, I know once Mark uh, edits it and sends it out, I'm going to love it. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I just... And the and I don't know. It's hard to explain. Well, that could be also, like, what we talked about before, that event depression oh, yeah. afterwards. I think so. Where you're, you're, like, you know it's not your only chance to do an event. No. But it feels like it was. Yeah. And that, like, you ruined it. And, it, <laughs> and I would have been happy. Like, I wish it was just three tables. Mm. But it sold out in 12 hours. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is happening? Yeah, wild. It sold out in 12 hours. And, like, the whole book place book. I was, I was hoping it was going to be, like, three tables of my closest people. And maybe a couple of amazing clients that, like, are my biggest followers. But it sold out. And, like, that was their social outing of the month. Yep. Yep. So like I wanted How to cool be able. That's pretty cool. But do you but, think yeah. everyone else had fun? I think so. Then there you go. Yeah. I I I didn't think you were you seemed unprepared at all. You had questions prepared. You had a good. whole system with what what what's your friend's name? Uh, Zara. Yeah. You yeah. had a whole system with her. I like, know. And she brought out her cleavage. For like it. I thought. But this is again. Like I feel like every creator business person anyone who's like and your live show things. was so amazing oh thank you like i want to get i didn't feel i didn't feel unprepared at all for that or i didn't feel prepared okay for that at all i was a fucking shit show yeah so there you go that's just like smoke and mirrors is what it is yeah it's smoke and mirrors because like we never when we're watching someone like in a performative state mm-hmm. like we have no idea what's going on inside their head yeah you know that's true and I thought you did great. Oh, thank you. You're a sweetheart. And I know, I know in hindsight, like, it'll be fine. I would have never have been able to have done what you did. Like, because I have such bad ADD mm. that I know if I was in a busy place and trying to have this type of conversation, mm. I would not be able to. 
Yeah, I don't think that it was the conversation. I kind of liked that the conversation was going on because it meant that people were having fun. Ambiance. It was ambiance. It was ambiance. Like, I enjoyed it. And it was kind of cool when the second guy came on, Matt. Oh, he's fascinating. Everybody quieted right <laughs> I remember down. turning to Mark and going, it's because he's a guy that they're all listening to. <laughs> I don't know. He had some really interesting things to say. He he did. Yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, well, number one, emotionally intelligent male. Yeah. And I brought him on for a reason because Patricia, my matchmaker, fun, flirty. We talked about flirting. So much fun, light stuff. I brought him on because I wanted to bring the heaviness. I love it. And then finished off with the beautiful Sarah from Rival and Queen, which again is fun, flirty, beautiful. But like I needed him there to kind of like he's like the ground the, it. The, the the sandwich. He like was the, the meat, sandwich. The he meat was the, and meat. the sandwich. Yeah, between these beautiful pieces <laughs> of buns. Yes, that's so true. Yeah, yeah, very different vibe, and but like very smart, and like didn't like his stance on astrology, but we'll let that pass. <laughs> he said Matt? no. Is it Matt? That was everybody. You didn't raise your hand that you like astrology. Betcha, he's a Virgo. <laughs> let me. Get that fucking birthday. Virgo or Capricorn. I have his birthday. I'll have to send it to you. Um, I would just love to like talk to him. And like. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to do something like your live show. Yeah. Like where you had those. The Tinder was hilarious. Yeah. I really made it like very interactive. And ugh, yeah. Well, just we should wild. do a live show together and then we can bring on. Like you said. We got to do the match. Like some sort of match game situation. Match game. I can get some people up there. Some sort of like questions. It'll happen. Yeah. And I would be honored to do it with you. Yeah. And I think the combo of like, I just picture a combination of like putting you with someone like a Scott McLean, who's like this ball busting male comedian. Mm -hmm. I just feel would be so funny because you would not let him get away with shit <laughs> and that's the exact person i need paired with someone like scott mcclain cool so yeah no we're gonna make fun stuff challenge happen. accepted we're gonna make fun stuff happen challenge accepted but yeah the, uh, maybe it was the after depression it could be the after depression but also like imposter syndrome is huge everyone literally everyone has it there's not one guest i've had on this show who can literally go I deserve everything I have. Like, I know. Everyone has that small little thing where they're like, uh, like, like you saying, they came for me. Why'd they come for me? Yeah. And it's like all of us are around you going, of course they came for you. They're gr- you're great. <laughs> like, like we just don't see ourselves. Um, and you know how the eyes like, of other people when people are all. accepting like Grammys or something like that, they're like, this is so humbling. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? It's humbling. <laughs> but now I'm like, this is so humbling. humbling. Yeah. Like yeah. why? Because you you um you're now seen like you know you do a podcast you put it out you see downloads or whatever mm-hmm. but you're now seeing those people as you're seeing those faces. physical people in a room yeah. which is wild yeah yeah but I mean listen you'll have more yeah I oh, know I'm excited to do more do fucking more yeah. I will charge cover so you can make some money. <laughs> Yeah, Just this one saying. was free. Yeah, yeah. that's true. First one's but free. First one's free. <laughs> Women come for free. We had some hottie guys there, too. It was a really good event. Yeah, it was it fun. Was really, really good. Yeah. You got to stop beating yourself up about that. But that's an event planner thing. I think it is. For like, sure. Yeah. You have to be crazy to plan events. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And also to start a business. What kind of advice would you give... A woman or man or mm. or whoever you are mm. um, who has like a passion mm. and they want to make that happen. Like they want to do a business, launch a business or like because you've truly done it. And, yeah. and you've not only have you done it, but you've grown it, mm-hmm. which is insane. I know. Yeah. And like you're doing better than ever. Mm-hmm. So like 
what advice would you give um my advice is always action like we can plan all day long but it's the action that makes the difference so there's ding 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 ding, ding, ding. do it just don't talk about it don't talk about it stop planning you can only plan so much like you can plan when you're in bed staring at the ceiling you Mm -hmm. don't have to be writing this stuff down Mm -hmm. you don't have to have the perfect business plan you don't have to and I know this goes against everything they're teaching at Mount St. Vincent they're gonna hang me up but like (laughs) just start acting you're gonna make a ton of mistakes yeah you're gonna do it wrong i mean there's still mistakes that i'm making where i'm like ugh, like people watched me do that i'm gonna back away from that do you know what i mean so there's still mistakes that i'm making but i'm acting i'm like not and i'm doing i'm doing all the time yep when we when you came over that night yeah we we actually did things like you know yeah i didn't just tell you how to set up obs we d- fucking did it we, we opened, opened it up, up. And, did, and that is such a fucking thing that like i hate it when i see people who i know have told me months months ago mm-hmm. i'm gonna start a podcast this is my idea for this awesome podcast well then do it do it where is it where is it buy a mic and go do it do it it doesn't have to be perfect i know it's like cliche advice but like truly and that's again living in fear Mm. that is again living in fear if you are over planning and you are talking like yes i did talk about starting a speed dating company for about six months and then bam i just booked one in but like yeah i was talking about it but just kind of like briefly and then i just did it dive in even if you're not ready and then the you're following and everything will guide you mm-hmm. on what needs to be done like what i created it's unique to any other matchmaking company because i listened to what nova scotia wanted mm. it wasn't me building it for me and it wasn't me building it to make the most money it wasn't me building it for this it was me building it based on what my followers wanted next you saw a need i saw a need, a need and i listened to what solution. people were saying about that's it. huge yeah. talk to the people that you want to reach figure out like who they are how yeah. they, you know like oh man that's a huge thing to yeah. just talk to people yeah and it evolves like the people that followed me when i first started compared to the people that are following me now like it's evolved the type of people and it evolved it it shifts every six months like i'm in the single industry so people aren't going to be single forever so my following is constantly going to be evolving like i'm not going to have the same people months and months months in it's lots of turnover lots of turnover which is good because it means that they're same with clients lots and lots of turnover that's funny that it's like a business where it's like you you want the turnover (laughs) and i hinge like you 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 exactly saying is like we want you to delete this app exactly and that's the the thing is when people come to me they're like how many people are in the book of love i'm like honestly (laughs) i want it to be empty otherwise i'm a horrible matchmaker (laughs) so we don't want huge numbers because then we're not doing our job right that's true yeah we want to be forming newly aware and smart humans yeah and it's not if they allow me to do always that. just about matching them up because yeah. like you're doing that mindset stuff mm-hmm. like you're teaching baby birds how to fly essentially if they allow me to teach them how to fly a lot of baby birds think that they know how to fly but they mm. don't most mm. baby birds don't know how to fly there's rarely i think out of like all the 550 people in the book of love there's maybe three that i think wouldn't have needed any coaching right yeah interesting do you find it hard to be assertive and like as a businesswoman I find it hard saying no to potential clients. Um, oh. That would be my biggest assertiveness only because I've seen so many people that I probably would have turned away at the very beginning partner up. Right. So that's my hardest thing is potentially turning away clients because I'm like, what if that's the person that's going to partner up? 
Hmm. You know what I mean? What if like it's a teacher, like if I don't teach this person, if I give up on this person, maybe they're going to be the president or they're going to cure cancer. And usually when you turn people away, is it because they're just not coachable? Um, or is it there other it's reasons? usually mindset. Okay. I guess, yeah, uncoachability would mm-hmm. be the main reason I turn people away. Uncoachability, unkindness, and mm-hmm. kind of like this know-it-all attitude is usually a good Cocky. reason. Yeah. I honestly rarely turn people away. Sometimes I just allow them into the book of love and then they just remove themselves eventually because they realize that it's work. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people in there that, there's a lot of people out in Halifax right now that hate me. Mm-hmm. because I was, you know, I didn't give them enough matches or I didn't, um, or I said something to them that was offensive, which is part of coaching you guys. If you're coming to a matchmaker, I'm going to tell you when you're doing something wrong. How do you do like, have, how do you deal with that? Like the idea of like people, like, do they ever actually give you like the negative feedback to your face or? Is oh it, yeah. Oh really? Well, the thing about being a matchmaker too, is that the feelings that they're feeling about the date is not going towards that person. It's going towards their matchmaker. Yeah. So if they had a bad date uh, that I sent them on. It's Geneva fucked up. It's Geneva fucked up. Which I'm happy actually that I take the brunt of that. Because then I can take all that negativity and just kind of like shake it off. Because I'm used to it. I'm just so glad it's not getting thrown back out into the dating world. To create another damaged person that will go and damage more people. So I don't mind <laughs> doing God's work here. Doing God's work. Not really. But like, I don't mind taking that on at all. Sometimes it's heavy. Because you have a process too. So like when, when you go on a date through her, mm. um, normally like you would then call each person and get their, yeah. their opinions on the date. Yeah. And from that, you can probably figure out why it's not happening again. Yeah. And would you say most times it's... It's like, I'm not attracted. I didn't feel a spark. The spark thing. The I, know, spark. I know you hate that you know word. You know I feel about sparks. Sparks. Um, I don't know. I think, honestly, the majority... I'm getting so good at my job. I'm getting ah, so good at matchmaking it. that, like, usually most of my clients would be like, yes, I actually really enjoyed that date. I enjoyed the conversation. Not... Like, the least... The worst thing that I'm getting lately is... I'm not sure if we're fully there. It's the uncertainty. Physically. Right. But I'll go on a couple more days to see. Okay, that's That's good. a lot of what we're getting. Okay. Then we get a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, that was great. And I can't wait to learn more about them. We get a lot of that. Rarely do I get, I used to get this a lot at the beginning. People that are like, how dare you send <gasps> me out with this person? Oh my gosh. I used to get that a lot at the beginning. Uh, rarely do I get that now. Really? But that's a lot of filtering too. That's a lot of filtering out the negative attitude. Oof. Yeah. That was a lot of anger there. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. You deal with a lot. It's fun. Yeah, I do. But it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. There's like so much greatness because like all of that negativity that happens, it can build up and it can build up. And then that email comes in where it's like, just wanted to update you. We met here and this is our photo shoot that he bought me for this thing. Here's us. And like, I get those. And all of the negativity that happened the previous two months is gone. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So like in your mind, do you actually define success as couples or do you see it as more of like, I've just made a someone who can now go out and date? Oh my gosh. That's the best question. Or is it both? You're so good at this. (laughs) Such a great question. Well, I'm just curious because like, I do feel like Mm. with, I feel like it should be both because Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you do want people to match. 
Mm -hmm. but I think like so much of what you do like has changed like I mean I've I've only gone on one date through you Mm -hmm. um and I've done your workshops but like it's been a huge impact on me Mm -hmm. and um I think anyone who does your training yeah is are now going to enter the world more aware yes smart Mm -hmm. and hopefully more dateable people yeah it's interesting okay so quantifying success as a matchmaker is couples so yeah technically i do want it's a metric that you need it's a metric that i need so ideally i would love lots and lots and lots of marriages and babies and couples um but Mm. i think i it's so interesting i think my busy it's that person that finally understands how to research them that mm-hmm. like you're someone who's become more dateable. Mm-hmm. They understand yeah. dating. They understand how it works. They feel empowered. They don't feel frustrated about it anymore. No fear. There's no fear there. They can choose to not date for months and then have the skills to decide to date again and be successful at it. Um, there was this group of six girls prior to Christmas. We had done a, a boot camp and each one has gone through something different. Oh, wow. So six gals. I'm trying to think back. One gal, for example, she just figured out through the boot camp that she doesn't want to date. She wants to invest in her female friendships and she wants to invest in her self-love. She figured out what her attachment style was. Oh, I love it. That's what she's doing. She's not actually dating at all out of the boot camp. But she got that out of it. She realized that out of your boot camp. Yeah. Which is honestly. Or she knew it before, but this just was the catalyst. And I mean, I'll fight fucking sex and study. I'll say it again. But the most important relationship you're going to have is with yourself. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean you can't have other relationships. Mm -hmm. But like, you got to get that one figured out. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing, too. That's beautiful. And then, for example, I have this amazing man that I'm coaching right now. And he this is not he's like you are a queen you are amazing like you are a People magician call, call you queen a lot yeah. queen eva is my queen, queen eva. eva but he's like you're amazing you're a magician you're this he came to me ready to be coached he came to me fully prepared to invest in this process Mm. And he, his first date was, oh my gosh, he doesn't shut up. He won't answer, ask me any questions, blah, blah, blah. He talks nonstop. Now, he, whoever he wants is who he can get. No way. Yeah. And he, all he wanted when he first came in was a girlfriend. And now he's like, man, this is the first time I've ever been good with women. And you want me to pick somebody? I'm like, you have to pick somebody. <laughs> you need to give me that success he's rate. Like, I want to play around a bit. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, the power that I'm giving you. I mean, he's a genuine gentleman, so he's not going to abuse it. But but like that that was amazing. But you've trained a, someone who's now really good at dating. Yeah, and like and then that is like opening up the next step, which is to find this person. So exactly. Like, even if you're not making couples, like you're still getting people closer to that. Yeah, which is insane. I know. So even if I just have equipped him with the skills to go out and find it himself, although I think I did introduce him to his woman. Gosh, that's yeah. So I think I did. They're still just in the early stages, and he's avoidant. So I think he's kind of like. Oh my gosh, she's so great, but I'm not sure. So we shall see what happens there. What about success for you personally? What does that look like? Um, Personal life. Not not at all business. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I just broke her mind. Wait, something exists outside of that? (laughs) Like, what's your ideal? But I know that like the happiness question is a big one. Mm. But like when you think of what it is to be truly happy and fulfilled Mm -hmm. personally... Well, What's that we're going to talk about the future. Oh, I'd love to talk about Because right now I'm in hustle mode and I'm going to hustle for a very long time. But And by a long time, five to ten years. 
Jesus so Christ. My, <laughs> my main goal is to franchise this business. So my main goal in business is to franchise it across Canada because I've created a, a system that is duplicatable and it's geared towards mm-hmm. small city um, dating for the normal person. Yep. So you go to other matchmakers, it's $10,000, it's all leads, it's all millionaires, it's all this stuff. It's, yeah. Which is amazing. That's your prerogative. That's, that's good in Manhattan. It's good in Manhattan, Toronto, yeah. Vancouver, not, not for here. Halifax, mm-hmm. and not for Thunder Bay, and not for Saskatoon, and Hamilton. not for Victoria. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hamilton, exactly. Yeah. So that's my main goal is to franchise this business. And then I, I, my main goal personally is to get time back into my life. So I mm. want to um, create a business or create a system or an income stream that just comes in independently so that I can start getting my time back. So, I've heard people talk about this. It's yeah. the idea of, yeah. Being you're, financially independent. You're in, it's almost like when you invest in like um, a retail property or something. Exactly. So you hustle, hustle, hustle to get that under. And then you actually create re- like revenue that comes in regularly. Yeah. So that you don't have to work anymore. Which is, I think, I don't know if it was your podcast that you said. Was it? Uh, I have all podcasts blend together. I listen I know, to so right? many. Uh, but it, it's like a rich person's mindset. So mm-hmm. like. You know, you can, like, work your hourly wage and, like, spend your money and, like, work, work, work. But, like, a rich person Mm -hmm. will invest Mm -hmm. because they'll make more money. And not just money, but their time, like you said. Yeah. Get their time back. You get your time back. And I also want to employ a lot of people. Like, that's one thing that we don't talk a lot about because in today's economy, we're such in, like just trying to keep our head above water that we thinking about employing somebody is like, oh, my gosh, I want to create a system where I can employ I can create business people, little matchmakers across Canada, and they can employ employees. Yeah. Like, I want to employ people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, I want to matchmake. Yes, I want to do that. Yes, I want to create tons of babies and tons of marriages, but I want to employ people. You want to be the head honcho. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Or just that person that's there and it's like, oh, she's the OG. Does anybody know what she looks like? Who knows? You know what I mean? But I'm living in Hubbard's and I'm just like, and I want to have something where I will have a charity that I can give back. Like my main charity would be to um, partner up with young women later in high school. Because this was me. I was like Mm. on the level of either going down the wrong road or going down the right road. That age, I went down the Yeah. Fortunately, I went down the right road. But it could have taken the tiniest little tap and I would have gone the, down the wrong road. And so I want to create a charity or something of some sort of organization where we quit. We partner up these women, these young girls with younger women in like early university years oh, I love it. to show them what they could be if they applied themselves a little bit. And I also want to educate women on how men think. I want to educate young boys on how women think so that we can create healthier couples. So I want that to be a platform that we can roll across Canada as well. Damn. Yeah. That's such a good idea. So I don't know if that answers your question. I guess I was all still well, very busy. You kind of got to it. Kind of got to it when you yeah. said Hubbard's. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I know. So yeah. So you. So so you want to? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to buy your time back? What's she gonna do with that time? Um, What's Geneva doing when she has two weeks off? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? You want to be in Hubbard's? Probably I'll be in Hubbard's. Probably I'll bring all my nieces and nephews. And if I have kids, they'll be coming there. And it's like a little summer vacation that all my nieces and nephews can come to. I do really want that house that's kind of always has all the toys. I want the house that has the sea-doos. You want to entertain. And I want... And I don't actually want to entertain because I want my house to be open 
so that family decides oh. that they want to come. They can, they can just come and use they everything. Just use everything. I don't want to actually have to entertain or cook or anything. The only payment that they have to give me is cook five meals and put them in my freezer. <laughs> I love that. And then I'll be traveling the world. I'll be doing speaking stuff. I'll be. I won't necessarily be there, but it's that space that like the family and the loved uh, ones can home come base. to. Home base. Yeah, and I think like honestly, my parents are so in love that one of them is probably going to pass away before the other one does, and I want to bring my parent into my house. Mm, that's really sweet. So I want to have that sustained there. So, so family means a lot to you eh? yeah family is kind of my everything do you want kids yeah yeah well no i don't know it depends if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't i think that's every independent woman over the age yeah, of 35 i know right it's always <laughs> it always starts with one answer and then they go ah, ah. no <laughs> like it depends always a little hesitation what do you yeah. think i <sighs> no i don't want them enough to be a single mom is my very I don't want harsh them enough to do response like any stuff like any in vitro i don't want them that much yeah that's where my I'm like if if I found someone where I had a comfortable life and mm-hmm. podcasting is quite cushy if you can make it work you can do it anywhere you can do it at home like mm-hmm. um you know that maybe but like I've I've had to fall out of that I've had to fall out of love with that idea okay. because it feels impossible. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm turning 34, single for 10 years. It just it seems like an unrealistic thing for me to get my hopes up about yeah i understand what you mean which i i'm and i'm trying to to take that and not be negative about it but more so just go oh well there's so much i want to fucking do mm-hmm. and there's so much i am gonna do mm-hmm. so much i'm doing mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that's a bonus if it happens and there's other people that you can add value to and it's not going to be it may not be your biological children but there's lots of other other little ones or even just humans that you can add value to yeah absolutely whatever that looks like it doesn't have to be kids yeah mentorship program like yeah. if you want to be like a big sister yeah that would be really cool oh i, I would know. love to do that and like my mom said like if someone said you had to jump off this you can't have children but if you jump off this bridge you will have children mom would jump off that bridge i'd be like mm, fuck that no do you know what I mean? Like that's your determination on if you want to have how badly. That's you very have kids. true. There's a lot of women and men out there that are like, you can't have kids, but if you shot this baby in the face, I don't know why I said that, <laughs> but like if you did this, if you did this crazy terrible thing, yeah, you would be thing. able to have children. A lot of people would think about it. I don't know why I said well, shoot that baby. Yeah, in the and face, a lot of but. a lot of people, uh, yeah, they they want that so bad, and and for whatever reason, if fertility isn't working for them, like I always think about people like, and that's why I go. If I were to get knocked up, I probably would keep it. Mm-hmm. Actually, me and my guy said that. He was like, he was trying to figure out my birth control. And I was, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, he was like, well, what would happen if you got pregnant? I'm like, well, at this point, I'd probably keep it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we're at that age. It's yeah. that age. The mid thirties. Like, oh yeah. my God, mid thirties. Yeah. Um, But it is that where it's like, well, you know, I still have, you know, women are having kids in their early forties. So yeah. it, it can happen. In 10 years time If yeah, we wanted to Absolutely um, But it is that age Where you go Is this my chance Yeah Because fertility does dip After 35 And I think of it less As like Is this my chance And more of like I could provide something amazing For this little baby Whereas yeah. In my 20s I couldn't Yep That's true too You know I usually say like I don't know if I want kids or not But I know I'd be a good mom Yeah That's usually what I say Yeah like, cause I mean, I think anyone who's like created something like a business or like a venture mm-hmm. would be a good mom. Cause they would just take that energy and put it into like the little baby, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. 
they will put it into like raising that child oh yeah absolutely i agree what about you what would be your main like personal goal in the future have you ever dream build at all on like what your vision is my person well i mean i only usually see one to two years in advance honestly okay um just because it's taken me so long to even get to this point where I'm working in my field. Right. Um, I want a bigger apartment. Yes, queen. Do it. My apartment is the size of this living room, just so you know. I want a really nice, renovated, big apartment with mm. a whole studio. I want to have a podcast studio. Mm. I mean, ideally, it has a partner in it, but it's okay if it, if it, it's okay if it doesn't. You'll have a partner It's in okay it. if it... It's kind of like... Uh, I've just kind of had this this realization of like... Uh, I no longer need it. It's a. It would be nice mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen. I will still achieve the things I want. It's just going to be pricier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just going to be a little more money yeah. for me to go to Greece. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like I've always to wanted to go to Greece. I'm at that age where I think, and it could be midlife crisis moment, and like getting older and mm-hmm. realizing that I'm getting closer to forty, and where it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna wait. For a guy to like make these things happen for myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, smart. You know? Yeah. Like 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 going to Greece. Like that's something I really want to do. I do really want to travel. Hopefully COVID goes the fuck away. Hopefully. So I can do that. Piss off. Um, I just want more balance in my life. That's my main have goal. Have you ever not done something because you don't have a guy? I've never, ever, ever, um, ever done that. Yeah, actually. Really? Um, thing just little things like going to the movies alone. Okay, I've done that, yeah. Uh, dinner like and not so much guy but even just other people right Mm -hmm. um i used to never eat alone at a restaurant and now i fucking love it i know me too i I go sit at the bar fucking love it i love taking myself out for brunch yeah um you know it's um it's kind of just like choosing happiness like i'm choosing to be happy Mm mm-hmm I'm accepting my place and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I, I don't want to fucking die unhappy. Mm-hmm. So like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Why am I moping around going, oh, why am I single? I'm so great. What's wrong with me? Yeah. I'm w- literally wasting time. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Literally wasting time. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the thing is, is uh, I think it was on your podcast, actually, when your most recent guest, like, she was talking about how, Pretty like, amazing. like, yeah, tomorrow's mm. never promised. No. And that is something I, I do have a very unhealthy obsession with death. I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a therapy thing. I got to talk about it in therapy. But um, <laughs> it does really put the fear in you to be living and mm-hmm. embracing each day. And you want to get a fucking ice cream? Get it. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, no, that was Melissa. Oh, yes. A surprisingly impactful episode. Yeah. She, I wasn't sure how I was going to like her at first because she was very quiet. She's very quiet. And soft spoken. And and then I got so into it. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing, too. I mean, I'm a loud mouth, but the power (laughs) of somebody who's soft spoken and thoughtful and slow. Yep. People slow down and listen. I've never experienced that before, but that's something I'm going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, stand up especially. Um, oh, really? It's hard to not talk so fast because you have yeah. to get through all your jokes and you have to get to the next, and you only yeah. have five minutes. And um, it's actually insanely powerful when, especially a female comic, slows down because mm. it almost commands the stage. Yeah, it in would. a weird way. I know because like, oh, she doesn't feel like she has to speed up. Yeah, what's she gonna say? Yeah, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm always actually quite shocked. Are you ever shocked about which podcast? does the best um sh- 
shocked. Ah. Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But I mean, look, they all do kind of about the same. But yeah, sometimes I'll get jumps in people where I go, that's someone that... And it's not so much about like tone or like speed of talking, mm. but like personality. Mm. Like like I have, I've had, you know, like I mentioned Scott McClain. He's a problematic comedian in the Halifax scene. A lot of people don't like him. It's always an episode that I get usually the most amount of comments on going, that was a great episode. Because wow. we disagree and we, 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 there's conflict. Yeah. But it's healthy conflict. Yeah. And it's a conversation. Yeah. So it's interesting. That's why I'm excited for John Berger, the writer oh. of that book, because like, it's not that I disagree with him. I agree with a lot of the things he says, but yeah, I'm excited for You're going to challenge interview. him. I'm going to challenge him. And I'm sure he's had it a lot of times before. Oh, for sure. But like the first half of the book, I was like, this is amazing. And then he goes into online dating and how he doesn't like it. I'm like, that's problematic. But right. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, he hates really, online dating. really encourages people to meet people in the wild, so to speak. Which I do, too. Like, it's all one tool in your toolbox. But we do have to see the value in online dating for Absolutely. what it is. But we can't use exclusively online dating. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, you shouldn't do, I think, exclusively one or the other. You, you shouldn't should do be, exclusively matchmaking. You should be doing everything. You should do yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Even the swiping. Even though it sucks sometimes. It fucking sucks sometimes. I had a psychic reading that was like... <laughs> She she said <laughs> she's like your guy is actually looking for you too yeah so you and she goes if you ever had the urge if you ever get the urge to get on an online app you should take that urge and get on and swipe but I just go, have you ever been online <laughs> I literally <laughs> never had a moment of like. <gasps> Tinder. Like, <laughs> Tinder is calling me. Oh, that little psych is, is working for us. That's the thing is there's somebody out there. There's lots of people out there that will, when you meet them or anybody meets them, they're going to be like, how dare you make me look for you this freaking long? Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, they'll yeah, be so yeah. happy oh. to have met you. Yeah. I, I truly believe that there's tons of people out there that will think that about meeting you and everybody. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. We just have to get out there and meet them. There's a lid to every pot. Is that what you said? We lived every pot. I actually got that from the CBC Miriam. The producer called me and she was super excited about the work I did. And we went oh on. My, oh my God. You had so much news coverage recently. Oh That's right. Oh my gosh. Valentine's Day is craziness. My entire schedule is booked up for two weeks. And they reach out to you? Yeah, they reach out to me. They're looking for stories. You know what I mean? It's amazing. So Miriam, who's this amazing producer for CBC, she was super fascinated with matchmaking. So we had a 45 minute conversation and that's her line. There's a lid for, for every pot. pot. I used to call it a jack for every gel, but Love I like that. the lid for every pot. I really believe that's true. It's gender neutral. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a gender, it's a gender neutral. Exactly. Place. Which, by the way, I really want to start refocusing back on the LGBTQ community. It's hard with COVID to kind of launch something like that. Right. But I am going to hire another LGBTQ matchmaker if you know oh. anybody. Hey, yeah. Put a call yeah. out. Yeah. If anyone's interested in working with Geneva, if, yeah. if you dug this conversation, um, and you're a member of that community. You could help that community out. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really, really want to refocus on that again. Damn. Yeah. You got so many. What like what are your I'm gonna I'm gonna end with three more questions okay, and go. then I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Um what are your like future plans for Well, you actually you, you said it you oh, want yeah. a franchise. You want franchise. a franchise. But okay, actually let's plug um you have an event coming up, don't you? On like March sixth or something? We have three day? events coming up. Plug They're them pretty all. much all sold out. Oh uh, really? Yeah, they just sell out now. Well all the women tickets are sold out for all three. Oh uh, okay. Um yes. we have one ticket left for Saturday and that's ages twenty five to thirty three. So this Saturday, which is the twentieth. 
And then we have the 33242. And that is, I think we have two mail tickets left and everything's sold out. And then we just launched our um, 43 to 57 today. Amazing. Women sold out in 20 minutes. I have women who are yelling at me all day long. If you were to look at my text messages right now, it's all these women being like, I've been waiting for this event since October. Like, how do I get on to the next one? I'll buy my ticket now. I'll pay you triple. I'll do all this stuff. Wow. And yeah. Knocking so, at the door. What? They're knocking at the door They're for you. They're knocking at the door. And Wild. we're starting to get a lot of influx of men in that age range as of late. So I'm really excited to see what happens with that. But we have um, eight tickets left for men in that event. And I truly can't recommend the speed dating enough. It's really fun. It's and, a blast. And it's, it's quality people. Yeah. And we um, get one new couple out of every event. There you go. Uh, you might be it. You might be it. Yeah. So, okay, we've we've talked for almost two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I end my episodes with two questions now. Okay. You might not have gotten these the last time you were on. Cool. Um, I want you to tell me something you love about yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't make it about business okay. or I'll kick your ass. <laughs> um, and something you don't like about yourself, that like okay. you really hate about yourself, that you're working on. Okay, cool. So, I love... Oh gosh, you're probably not. Let me think about this. Things that I love about myself. Uh, I love that I'm there for the people I care about most. Mm, there it is. That's a good one. Yeah, I love that I will like my family and everything. I will drop everything to be there with them, and like do what needs to be done. I feel like I'm the glue in the family at the moment. Mm. Less so because I have less time, but um, yeah. Oh, that's really nice. That's pretty much the thing I love most about myself. A good personally. friend. Great friend. Because apparently I have to talk personal. <laughs> and then the thing I dislike about myself that I want to work on. Um, I know you want me to say I'm a workaholic, but I'm not. I'm just a purposeaholic. <laughs> She's the be- You're the best workaholic I know. Because you're truly just like, oh, no, no, I'm loving this. Well, and, I'm just, and I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> Fuck. It's because I picked a social business. Yeah, that's true. Like, literally what I do all day long is talk to new people and send them out on dates. Like, and you really love what that. you do. Yeah, I really do love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I hate anything about myself. <laughs> I love that answer. I don't think I do. Like, do you hate that you don't don't hate? <laughs> no. There's nothing that like your work, even just small little things. Mm. Oh my god, <laughs> I have no idea. That's wild. Um, I'm sure something will come up to me when I'm like asleep. Tonight. Right, right. I'll wake right. up and be like, oh yeah, I hate my my this the middle finger what about judging yourself on events no because i think that that's important to be better ding 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 so i i don't think that that's a bad thing i like to challenge myself and i i makes a good event planner and like we're i'm a perfectionist but i'm not really at the same time because i act a lot like i you're not an insane perfectionist no like you'll you'll yeah 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 you're not i i I wouldn't see you as like a bridezilla okay here's something i don't like about myself Ooh, here we go and it's actually a good quality for some people or some people need to work on it. I can snip people out of my life like a motherfucker. That, yeah, that could be a good thing. Or Why do you think it's bad? I think it's bad because sometimes I don't give people a chance. Mm-hmm. But okay. um, I can snip really, really easily. And I won't even look back. I won't even think about it twice. God damn. Yeah. God, there... 
Let me tell you. There is no woman that I want to see. Uh, I Like, I want to see your birth chart so bad. Because I can see Scorpio in there. Oh, uh, really? I can see with what you just said. Yeah, because Scorpios are very much so like, once you're, once you're done, you're done. Yeah. I see Sagittarius with like the adventurer <laughs> and like always wanting to do new things. I just would love to see your fucking birth chart. And I don't care what you think about that. Matt. Is that a yeah, name? Matt. Yeah. Matt. Matt. Stop it. We don't care. Show me your birth chart and let's analyze that. But like, I think there's a lot of people that need to snip more people out of their life. There's a lot of negativity that people are allowing into their life by allowing people into their life. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Like, yeah. kind of certain friendships are like, no, well, it's number one really hard to do Mm -hmm. but it's such an important thing to do Mm -hmm. i can see you being someone who's like good are you good at setting boundaries like if if someone's like do you want to do this thing i'm like you really don't want to do the thing i won't do it there you go no there's no way in hell sometimes i get influenced a little bit just to try it but rarely right yeah Really, and I will never make excuses either. Like if I don't want to do something, it's not like something came up. It's like literally, I I just don't want to do this today. Love it. Yeah, more people need to say, I don't wanna. Yeah, yeah. you gotta say that more. You why why say. are we doing? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm busy. When you know you're not busy, you just and don't want to go. We need to put ourselves in the other person's shoes too when it comes to stuff like that. Because, for example, if I say, "Hey, do you want to do this?" and they're like, "Yeah," but then they come and they don't actually want to be there. Yeah, and it's so obvious. I'm like, why didn't you just tell me that you didn't want to come? I would much prefer you just be happy not being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's sometimes people's other reactions, but if we're just like. Yeah, if we don't want to be somewhere, we don't want to do something. Um, say it. Say it because I'm sure the other person, if they care about you, they would prefer that you just tell them no. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We gotta start doing that. Yeah, because I know that I'm I'm borderline bossy. <laughs> so if I say, "Hey, do you want to do this?" and they say, "Sure," but they don't actually want to, I would just much prefer they tell me no. I don't want to, and yep. I can find somebody else, and it'll be fine. Yeah, and. <laughs> See, I kind of say it, but like I will use language like I'm not really feeling it. Like I use vague language yeah. or dances around it. But I think that's just a woman thing that I gotta get over. Yeah, that's such a woman thing to just kind of sugarcoat and dance around and not say exactly oh, what it time. is. But we do that for a reason. We do that for safety. Yeah, that's true. And we do it just because like women are raised to be like little pleasers. So true. Which is great. It's fine. Yeah. But like, yeah, just say no. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Well, you've officially roganed it. We're at two and a half hours. Oh, God. oh now my everybody gosh. knows everything about me. I feel so naked. Is there anything else that I didn't touch on? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> all I want to say, and I this tried is to like, peel some layers back. You did pretty good. I mean, we didn't get all. I have to have something for the book, Sarah. We got to save it. Okay. okay. And like, this is where we have to plug everything that you do, mm-hmm. every single thing. So plug away. Okay, cool. So actually, if you go to my Book of Love podcast, I'm doing a series, and you inspired me. I don't know if it's going to be a five-month series or a six-week right. series, but right. every or sorry, six-month series, every the beginning of every month, I'm going to do an episode which is telling my story. Oh, congratulations on your two hundredth episode! Keep plugging, keep plugging. We're gonna oh, do the plugs okay, and then we'll sorry. pop it. Okay, cool. That's amazing. So yeah. first of every month. 
I'm thinking the first of every month, there's going to be one episode every month on the Book of Love podcast, and it's going to be going into a little bit of my story of my love life in the past to get to where I'm at now. Yeah. And so, um, and the reason that I'm doing this, like I said, is I want to stay humble. I don't want to be a superior to any of my clients or anybody that's coming to me because I've been through it all. And so that's kind of why I really wanted to focus on that. Oh, and yeah. so outside of that, go to my website at www.jematchmaking.com. That's kind of the launching pad to all the things that I do. Um, so we have events. That's where they're all going to get posted. If you want to book in a 15-minute consultation, which will be the first step to get you into the Book of Love, you can go to the Services tab and book that in based on your availability, and we can talk through all the details. Yeah. So there's no commitment when you actually book in that first step. It's literally you just on I jumping on the phone and talking through the details. We're not a big... No pressure. S- no we're not a big sales company. Um, we deal with relationships and dating. So if we're selling people, then, you know, we're having people that are half assed in there. Like we want people to invest in this. So we're not there to sell anybody. We're just there to inform. So that's a great way to do it. Book of love is there. We got a huge book list that's there. Um, for all the things, all the books that we've read, all the books that we talk about is on there. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. So so good at TikTok. Follow her on TikTok. TikTok's fun. Uh, every time like I, I just, open up the for you i'm like geneva geneva do you mind on your for you all the time really sometimes i wonder how who sees me and where it goes isn't that wild it is wild yeah yeah it's just out there and it's all dating tips it's dating tips i used to do it daily but less so now right things are busy so i do dating tips when i can couple funnies um i have people that take them very seriously they're like so do you actually meet 555,600 people and i'm like no, that's a song. Like, clearly, <laughs> I didn't meet that many people. Yeah, people really, they really take TikTok seriously. They think it's yeah. serious stuff. Like, it's, yeah. it's joking, you guys. Outside of my dating tips, it's all jokes. Please all don't take jokes. it seriously. Yeah, it's all fun time. We got to keep it light. So, yeah, JE Matchmaking, all the things. That's where you can find me. <sighs> yeah, please follow her. Go to her events. Do the things. I hope you guys fucking learned something today. Oh, like, this have so a whirlwind fun. romance even if it doesn't work out just have so much fun have so much fun thank you so much for being episode 200 baby <laughs> thank you for having me here episode 200 was a big one oh and uh, okay so we're gonna finally pop the champagne you know i know how to saber them do you want to saber it what do you what, what does that mean you get a big ass knife and you saber it Ooh, i have no idea what that is if i take this metal thing off <laughs> do you want me to do it for you uh, I do want to do it. I want to do it myself. Okay, cool. Independent woman. Yeah. <laughs> if I take this, if I take this metal thing off, will it go flying? No, no. Uh, Happy badass womanry. Badass womanry. Mm, badass. Yeah, womanry. That's a new word that we've woman. <laughs> badass womanism. Okay, here's to episode 200. Here we go. I'm I'm <laughs> I knew that I'm wasn't really scared. Work. I'm always scared to do this. Even in my tub, I was scared to do it. Oh, girl, she's a tight one. (laughs) I didn't mean that to be dirty, but... Okay, pointing that away. Oh, it's coming, it's coming! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) (laughs) It's almost there! (laughs) (laughs) This is the most anticlimactic finale... (laughs) What? It's this coming! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks so much. 
And guys, thank you guys for listening for 200 episodes. You're going to hear it in the intro, but it's going to be a little bit of a break. But I will be back. And it's not the end. It is just the beginning of, hopefully, better things. Hopefully. You're going to come back fresh. That's right. Mm. So big thanks for supporting the podcast. Thank you, Geneva, for being part of it. Where's my bell? You get to ring. Wait, we're going to do a cheers first. Cheers to 200. And you get to ring that bell. 